0: What brings you here today, my son? So, there
1: are two sons. I've brought a second son along with me. Um, N- am I your son? That's not, not,
0: not how this works. There's, only, there's <laughs> supposed to be one. I know.
1: So, we're in a little bit of a predicament here. So, Isaac is religious and I'm not as religious. So, I figured that between the two of us, we're probably religious enough to be here. So, I felt like I had to bring him along to offset my baggage. Is I'll just sit in the me?
0: back. Um, this is I got, unprecedented, but I, I'll, I'll allow it.
1: Can we hurry this up? We got a podcast to record in like 30 minutes.
0: <laughs> All right. Confess your sins, my son. <sighs> All right. Um, father, I, uh, please forgive me. I, I have sinned. Um,
1: on episode one of our podcast, Metal Gear Mondays, uh, I recorded with suboptimal equipment and, um. We accidentally mic'd one of the co-host's keyboards to be, uh, heard throughout the entire episode. So that, that's sin number mm-hmm. one.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Is this all my son?
1: No, I, uh, I have another sin to confess in, uh, episode 22 of, uh, Metal Gear Mondays. Um, that would be the Metal Gear Solid 2 subsist- subs- substance. I almost committed another sin. I'm sorry. Um mm-hmm. Uh, I falsely attributed the skateboarding game to all copies of Substance, when in actuality it was just the PlayStation Two version. And uh, I don't know if we ever corrected that. So I, I want to apologize for that mm. sin as well.
0: Mm. No ollies on the other versions, but continue, my son.
1: One of the worst sins that that we've ever com- I've ever committed. I'm sorry. I'm, I'm now I'm putting now I'm piling other people into these confessions. I, I apologize. Uh, I can only speak for myself. Um, Isaac, I appreciate you giving me this back massage while we're doing this. Um, I uh, I wanted to apologize for episode number 76 with uh, Terminator, the Terminator mm. episode. Um, I believe that we may have gotten some of the arrangement of the scenes within the film incorrect. And for that, I truly
0: apologize. Mm. Well, these are... True sins, but when you confess to the Lord, He will forgive you. So, Father, if that is all. Oh,
2: I have a sin to confess,
0: Isaac. Oh, Isaac, the second one. Confess your sins, my son.
2: I've been lustful, Father. Lustful for snakes' booty. Please forgive me. He's <laughs> big, see. fat delicious
0: booty sounds like you are currently sinning my son i'm sorry uh, this is unprecedented this is what happens when you allow two people in the in the i'm I'm
1: sorry father if i could just speak up i I think as part of this live stream culture that we're a part of i think uh being able to confess in the act of sinning is actually i mean Mm. you're getting straight to the core there right
0: oh i suppose you're
1: right I, I digress. I have so I have one last sin, Father, and this one. this I've not shared with anyone before, and I I just I need your confidence. Okay. So I might have convinced three of my friends to dedicate a tremendous amount of their time to a podcast and I may have gotten them to play all the games and put a bunch of notes together that I simply just copy and paste and compare against a Wikipedia article because I I've never played
0: any of these games before. I'm I'm sorry, could you repeat that, sir, my son? I've never played a Metal Gear game.
1: Oh my Oh my god, what what's happening, Sam? Can liquid metal push through mesh? What is this? The Isaac! Shit. <laughs> Ladies, gentlemen, boys, and girls, welcome to another episode of Metal Gear Mondays, the Games Club-style podcast where we cover all things Metal Gear and sometimes things that aren't Metal Gear, from top to bottom, left to right, inside and out, in semi-historical, pseudo, pseudo-historical, recreational manner. I apologize. I, I bungled that up. Um, you are in uh, episode three of Metal Gear Mondays Goes to the Movies, and I'm your host, Alessio, and joining me on this lovely episode, I have James Ragmuth. Sorry, <laughs> <laughs> I was try- I was in my head. I was formulating what a James Drake impression would sound like, and I just I cannot. I don't know if I can do it. Yeah, no, he's I very uniquely
0: uniquely him. Mm-hmm.
1: So unfortunately, <laughs> well, let's, th- let's, thanks <laughs> Isaac. So unfortunately, we don't have James <laughs> with us. Uh, we'll get to that here in a second. Uh, we have Isaac. Isaac.
0: I I hear I, Isaac the Pokemon. I hear. <laughs> <laughs> we have Samuel right. I I hear too, <laughs> the the sequel. I hear and I see. Whoa, um,
1: I got a quick question, Isaac. What is this oh. you have running in the background? Is this the? Oh, this is the director's cut. Is this different? Yeah, I don't remember this at all. I'm watching a scene with Sarah Connor smooching on Kyle Reese in T2. What? Mm-hmm. This is she's yeah, weird. We'll, we'll, yeah, we'll, we'll get into that here in a that. second. I'm sorry, we'll I, I digress. Through. So Isaac is. Uh, we have a reference monitor up in the room that I'm in. So I'm not recording in St. Louis for the first time in a while. Um, I'm actually, I took the show on the road <laughs> to an audience of one, mm-hmm. Isaac Lim. <laughs> yes. Um, and so I'm recording from Isaac Space this week um, in my quest to record with everybody live at least once, mm-hmm. uh, one-on-one. We've recorded as a group. I've recorded with James. I've recorded with Isaac. Sam, I need to fly out to Seattle and record ASAP.
0: Well, in Seattle, but we've recorded live together before.
1: That's true. Yeah, in the group setting, round with, table
0: with Isaac, Twin Snakes. Yeah, no, I yeah, said, yeah, I said yeah, that at the
1: top. But yeah, so James Reichmuth is not joining us this week, um, unfortunately. Um, James is currently dealing with um, some medical situation, uh, personal medical situation. James will not be joining us for this episode, but should be back on for subsequent episodes. So. Um, all of our best vibes go to James uh, during his uh, personal medical situation. Um, so, yeah.
2: Mm. He just felt it unnecessary to do another Terminator episode. <laughs> so.
1: This week we're continuing our coverage of m- movies that have inspired Metal Gear. Um, obviously, the original plan was to do Terminator 1 and Terminator 2 on the same episode. is kind of an A-side, B-side, but uh, thanks to how much we had to talk about Terminator One, uh, be it accurate or inaccurate, uh, <laughs> no comment. <laughs> we uh, we we felt the need to roll it over into its own dedicated episode. But before we get into Terminator Two, there's two really fun segments of this show that I want to tackle. And the first one is the news.
0: It's time for new, new, new news. Metal Gear News. Yeah.
1: So, news you guys. Uh Sam. Hm. We had some new hot boy video footage involving some gold masks and some mud boys oh, coming out of the ground. Can you tell us a little bit about this?
0: Fucking god. So, TGS um they revealed a new video. That's Tokyo before, Game Show for anybody who is Yeah, Tokyo yep. Game Show 2018. Um I'm not sure where it takes place. Um but <laughs> <laughs> Who knows? Um they revealed some more footage from Death Stranding. Um, that is which, the upcoming all, Hideo
1: Kojima game, by the way. If, mm-hmm. if you're just tuning in, if you just woke mm-hmm. up. If
0: you've been under a, a Hideo Kojima-sized rock, that's what's going on. Um, and if you've also been hiding under a rock, then you won't, You may not know who Troy Baker is. But if you haven't, you'll know Troy Baker as the only voice actor in, uh, video, in video games. video games,
1: yeah, correct.
0: Um <laughs> Uh, also, you'll know him as uh, Ocelot from Metal Gear Solid Five, Kanji um, from Persona Four, Persona Four, uh, yeah. Joel from The Last of Us, lots of things. Uh, Nathan all, Drake's brother things. in Nathan yeah. Drake, um, the series. Nathan Drake fight fights people. Nathan treasures. Drake fight um, for New York. <laughs> um, they uh, this was essentially a revealed trailer for Troy Baker. It's <laughs> what it yeah. was, <laughs> pretty, pretty much. Um so Troy Baker he's just this guy he's in a coat and he's wearing this gold mask and um he's taunting uh Sam Porter Bridges um who looks very concerned in a tone uh, that is very
1: like out of nowhere for Death Stranding so far cuz Death Stranding yeah. has been super self-serious and like this minute long trailer definitely opens with like uh Troy Baker's character saying like well shit and yeah. you're, and you're like
0: what yeah, it's very, like, tone-breaking for for what we've seen so far. Um, and he just, he takes off of his, he takes his golden mask off, and his face is still kind of obscured, or he's got something, like, black covering his face, and um, the mask turns into a giant, like, giant lion. Made of arms. Um, made of arms, and his face splits open up, and he roars at Sam Porter Bridges, and then Troy Baker disappears. And then the trailer ends. yeah, uh, ostensibly, um, this looks like the intro to a boss fight if this were mm-hmm. a traditional game. Mm-hmm. Um, but but being as this doesn't appear to be a traditional game, we have no idea what the fuck's going on. um, still have no idea what this video game is.
2: Also, he's carrying a large person on his back.
1: Mm. Oh, correct. Yeah. So Isaac and I actually stopped this trailer a couple times. Um, For the first time, I think, in the history of these trailers, um, I think we've always implied that the people wrapped up on his back have been dead people. Um, Mm -hmm. But in this trailer, we see the face of a young girl wearing glasses um, and she turns her head um, and stuff like that. Um, And we see that she's wearing like a little bulletproof vest. So like Sam is actually carrying like a living human breathing woman, Mm -hmm. which is interesting.
0: Sam Porter Bridges,
1: correct. I um, I think honestly, uh, the one so this got me pretty excited. It's only like a minute long, so it's it's definitely worth checking out. Um, but uh, the one thing about the trailer that kind of bummed me out, to be completely honest, was that um, I'm kind of bummed out that we just keep seeing the same location. Like, yeah, I don't know if it's because like I'm fresh off of uh, Metal Gear Survive, give or take a couple months. Um, I never want to see a game set in a single, like, square kilometer ever again. And it's just, like, (laughs) kind of bumming me out that, like, this character reveal looks like it's seemingly in the same, like, little mud pie pit that, like, every other trailer has kind of taken place in.
0: Mm. Well, so here's my my question that I have about it is um, the one detail that we do know about this game is that it's kind of like... um, dark Soulsy in a way where you have this like overworld that you return to when you die and things like that. And I wonder how much of what we've seen is based in that area versus what's the actual world.
1: Yeah, that's a fair point too. Well, and like seeing that, I think Sam in previous trailers that we've seen when he's quote unquote died, I think Sam's always Mm -hmm. been naked when he's dead. Mm -hmm. So I I I, I think everything that he's where he's been wearing like actual outfits, um, yeah, so I don't know. Um, I'm curious. I know there was some new artwork as well, so if you follow Metal Gear, Metal Gear Mondays on Twitter, um, I actually retweeted a couple things. Not, not only this trailer, um, and um, I don't know, Sam, if you have access to a computer, my, uh, I don't know if I have anything to type on right now. Um, but I do. So Yoji Shinkawa, I think, is the illustrator, character designer for um, so. Death Stranding. Um, look. Because a bunch of new artwork just came out and I'm almost positive that it is Yoji Shinkawa artwork because of the style. Um, yeah, I'm
0: looking at it right now and it doesn't say anything about it being Yoji Shinkawa, but like it's too it. Yeah, it looks one hundred percent. Yeah, it's very much him in his style. It's a picture of um uh, oh, there a picture we, go. Of, uh, we found it. One of the says, weird uh, soldiers.
1: Yeah, it's Yoji Shinkawa. We found an article that cites it. Oh, gotcha. Gotcha. But yeah, go ahead. Sorry, Sam, with the description.
0: No, I was just going to say, I was just describing the pictures. There's like a soldier with like ink thrown down his his face. Is that Matt Mickelson? Or is that.
1: This guy that's listed as being played by Tommy Earl Jenkins 100% just looks like Skullface. It's like a blonde Mm -hmm. man with like a mask. Hmm. Um, But the interesting part is only the Troy Baker character still shows like a now-showing-at-TGS up at the top right. Mm-hmm. Um, so it makes me wonder. I don't know if that watermark is just there from wherever it got pulled or what, but it makes me wonder if they're going to be doing character trailers. Uh, moving yeah. forward. Yeah. Like and maybe the Detroit
0: tra- Baker character trailer. Yeah, yeah. maybe we'll get sense. one for each of them,
1: which we kind of did for Mads Mikkelsen and Guillermo mm-hmm. already. But mm-hmm. um, Also, what's Le that Cidu, Cidu. thing...
2: On his top left shoulder. Oh, oh,
1: Troy Baker. It's the same as Sam's. It's that little, like, fluttering device. Oh. Like, device. thing, yeah. Oh, my yeah. bad. My bad. <laughs> Come on, Isaac. <laughs> but yeah, for, so for anybody <laughs> at home who's wondering, uh, who's not wanting us to audibly describe <laughs> illustrations over a podcast, uh, go to just Metal Gear Monday on Twitter, and you can check it out there, or just Google search Yoji Shinkawa Death Stranding Art. It's interesting, Lindsay Wagner's uh, drawing looks way younger than she does. Yeah. So it makes, it, it makes me wonder... Uh, Not why they cast her, but if we're going to be seeing, like, two different versions of the character. Like an older
2: Um, in the future?
1: Yeah, possibly. Because I know people have been speculating that Lindsay Wagner's character is also one of the women in the photograph that we see in one of the Death Stranding trailers. Uh. Um, But she looks younger in the photograph than she does in the reveal trailer, so questions abound we don't even know what fucking genre this game is going to be so um yeah this point (laughs) yeah who knows i hope it's like a harvest moon game that'd be really funny by the end (laughs) of this (laughs) (laughs) um but yeah uh uh i have got one more piece of piece of news uh we've uh data mined uh sam isaac and myself we've data mined and spent a really long time uh looking up information just for you guys this is an exclusive uh The song Search and Destroy by the Stooges, uh, I'm pretty convinced the (laughs) lyrics are just about Big Boss. Uh, So I was driving to Atlanta from St. Louis, which for people who don't know is probably about a nine hour drive if you don't stop. Yeah. Um, And I left at about six o'clock in the morning. And so I was listening to, uh, you can find this on Spotify, I think it's public, uh, uh, Alessio's Fast Loose Punk Jammers playlist. (laughs) Yeah. and I was listening to Alessia's Neo-Goth Retro New Wave Dark Wave playlist. There you go. And uh, this Search and Destroy track came up on the uh, Fast and Loose Punk Jammers. And when I was listening to the lyrics, because, I mean, it's classic. Who doesn't love Iggy and the Stooges? But it's classic. So I, was, I, was, I don't know. I was like, oh, I've never paid attention to the lyrics. Uh, right away the line, uh, love in the middle of a firefight got my brain going, oh, my God. Because you guys have trained us to be... Uh, we're like, uh, John Nash from beautiful mind where we just see the numbers <laughs> everywhere except for in relation to Kojima. Um, and so, uh, I shared this with Sam and Isaac and, uh, I think, I think we found ourselves a winner, right? This is definitely about Venom snake, right? Yeah, for sure. Um, oh, for sure. Yeah. So we've got, there's some choice lyrics in here. We've got, I'm a street walking cheetah with a heart full of napalm. Okay. Mm-hmm. Runaway son of the nuclear A bomb. Okay. Oh, yep. Uh, I'm the world's forgotten boy the one who searches Mm -hmm. and destroys i can't think of anybody other than venom snake Mm -hmm. um we've got somebody gotta save my soul uh which like hey miller can't save his soul he's already a demon Mm -hmm. uh we got baby detonate for me uh look out honey because i'm using technology Mm. Uh, the guy gets his walkman's going oh yeah he's got his uh he's got his uh what the hell is that thing again Everybody is dying, what? right? Now. Everybody's cringing. Uh, what is the the talk boy that <laughs> that says things to Venom Snake? Uh, the little Walkman? No, yeah, but it's not a Walkman. It's a it's a Talkman? No, it's like a the the fancy <laughs> space retro future gadget that he has. Not the Walkman, oh, but the thing oh. he looks at with his with his with the oh hologram. the um the idroid idroid. There we go. Somebody just like literally drove their car into the median of the interstate while they were driving to work. They were so angry with us. <laughs> Bless me, Father, for I. <laughs> <laughs> I, for- I forgot what the I was called. <laughs> it's the I <laughs> Um But yeah, so anyway, that's that's my goof news. Does anybody have any other news items, Bolton?
0: I got I got some news. I just oh, got man. a notification on my phone from Tinder about registering to vote. Oh. So, you know, everybody's... Primaries, right? Is that right? Yeah. Or did primaries, that already happen? Uh, well, oh, I already did well, my primaries. No, but, yeah, but the primaries the Primaries are probably done now. November's coming, man.
2: Midterms.
0: Y'all, y'all, and y'all, midterm elections in November. And y'all, you know, you know what? From here, at your your friends here at Metal Gear Mondays, right, go register to vote. It's easy. Uh, t- if, if Tinder's doing it for you, then... If Tinder's It's, it's super easy. So also, register to vote, and then go vote in November.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and vote. do that, and vote... Vote with your hearts and actually just vote. Like, please just vote so that we don't have to send one of us back from the future to come, Mm -hmm. like, kill all of you (laughs) or something. I don't know. Mm -hmm. (laughs) But yeah, um, I will say, uh, moving forward, one of the things that I want to take advantage of is uh, we should probably start dating the news. So this is news as of September the 25th, 2018. I'm going to start doing that before every news because it dawned on me that if you're just listening, you have no idea what what news we're talking about for what day. So there you go.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That's well, what's uh, this other segment.
0: That you to oh
1: yeah, show? of course. So this other segment, um, I don't know if we should, we should probably No, I'll, I'll intro the episode so that we can do the pause for the dramatic music <laughs> and all that stuff af- after this. So we'll do these segments. We'll do these, this segment before then. Um, sorry, I'm canonically trying to lock in the show format verbally out loud for everybody at home. Um, okay. So this next segment is uh, a little segment that I like to call Fumbling in the Dark with Isaac Lim, but Sam, you <laughs> oh. need the, I need the theme song.
0: <laughs> Fumbling in the Dark with mm. Isaac Lim. Mm.
1: I love it. Mm. I have no idea when this joke started, but uh, based on a super special announcement that might happen at the end of this episode, I feel like we'll all figure out when this joke started. Mm-hmm. Um, so Isaac, can... Help us fumble. and uh, So check it. Everybody at home, I now have Help eyes on... Help us fumble. I, now, <laughs> I now have eyes on everything that Isaac is physically doing while he's fumbling. I need mm-hmm. you to know that right now he's got the Terminator wiki pulled up. <laughs> <laughs> All right. <He's> like, <laughs> could, yeah. could, could you fumble? I'd be dog. glad
2: this is an easy one.
3: <laughs> <laughs> on
2: uh, on typical days, I'm like scrambling on the computer, <laughs> trying, to, pulling up our our old notes and just... All right, what did we do last time? You should know
1: you what? being <laughs> Sam or the listener,
2: the listener. um we talked about the Terminator
1: yeah. I right.
3: right yeah you're, <laughs> you're correct Why, what, what, did you just
2: did you just become your own peanut gallery under your breath? That was weird <laughs> um we pretty much ran through the entire. Terminator
1: movie? Oh yeah, Terminator 1. Terminator yeah. 1. Uh-huh. Some people the Terminator. It's called the 1984. Terminator. Yes. Some people would argue that we didn't run through the entire movie. <laughs> I promise that I'm going to I promise I'm going to stop think, making jokes about that at some point.
2: I think the podcast runtime was about as long as the actual movie. Oh, it was longer yeah. actually. Was yeah, really? it was actually <laughs> longer. <Yeah.
1: laughs>
2: so there you go. If you want to know about the Terminator, but don't have but don't have ninety minutes, <laughs> 90 and instead have two hours.
0: <laughs> Just pop that fucker into your podcast. Uh, well, if you want to know about Terminator while driving in the car, oh, that's yeah. true. See, if you A want to in- sure.
1: inaccurately learn about the Terminator, <laughs> yeah, uh, no. So, for those of you listening at home, we're gonna keep making accuracy jokes. Um, it, specifically, the thing that happened, uh, the thing that we were worried would happen, did happen. Uh, in a playful way. We, like David, we, we, David, Um, I don't know if anybody said it. So go ahead, we did
0: it bad, guys.
1: Yeah, so towards the end, I think the exact words I used was, uh, uh, I ran out of my notes here, guys. <laughs> and then we all started scrambling. Um, from that point forward, we kind of started messing some things up from a chronological standpoint. But I do want to say... Uh, we're not angry with anybody. As a matter of fact, David Lydon, uh, Lydon, Lydon, Lyden. Uh, Is it Dave or David, though? Dave, what are Dave we doing? or David Lydon, Lydon, Lydon. <laughs> uh, he actually sent a really funny tweet, uh, which was, Every time Alessio says, don't at me, uh, he's like, I laugh, and uh, I, I don't have it right in front of me, David, so please don't correct me on your tweet. But he, he, was, like, he was like, every time Alessio says, don't at me, um, uh, I, I always draft a tweet. And then he took a picture of his like tweet drafts. And there's just, oh like, tons God. of them that are, like, uh, one of them, like, and I could kind of see from the image, but one of them was, like, the entire chronological history of Skynet, and it was just, like, a link to an article, and then all these other things. Oh my gosh. So, I think everybody's taking it in stride, but, um, yeah, so we fumbled some things. Apologies. Um, but we're not going to do that this week, because we, guess what? We watched this movie. I did. Twice. James also did twice, yeah. but he's not here, so I guess that doesn't count anymore. So I watched it twice. We're currently watching it in the background. I've got notes. Isaac's got like scene by scene breakdown pulled up. We're 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 in it. We're to in win it. the Matrix. Um so yeah, Sam, do you want to dramatically introduce this episode topic? da <laughs> <laughs> Terminator 2.
0: Terminator Two. I love that. Terminator Uh, Two. (laughs) T two Judgment Day. T two Judgment Day. (laughs) How was that? Was that good? That That was amazing. So good.
1: Yeah, this is, uh, as Sam just so perfectly articulated, this is Terminator 2 Judgment Day. Terminator 2 Judgment Day is the official, original title of this (laughs) film. Uh, Feel free to come at me, but based on the research that we have done, uh, Judgment Day as a subtitle is actually omitted on some releases of the film. So it, Mm. it, it might just be Terminator 2, depending on what copy you bought. Um. Also because Judgment Day kind of gets retconned after this, but we'll talk about that later. Um, yeah, so Terminator 2 Judgment Day is the sequel to The Terminator. Uh, it came out in 1991, whereas the original The Terminator came out in 1984. Um, so this is roughly uh, seven years later. Um, the This film's action sci-fi, whereas the other film, I would argue, is a little bit more sci-fi horror, sci-fi yeah, thriller. I agree. Uh, sci-fi chase movie, in, uh, to some extent, where it's just like one prolonged slow yeah. walking jay scene walking ch- <laughs> um this is a, just straight up action sci-fi kind of like the blockbuster from the early 90s yeah like this was kind of like a big deal um it had an estimated budget of 102 million um just the opening weekend alone and keep in mind again this is 1991 um and the the amount of money here is probably uh a little different in today's rates, uh, but inflation. It, yeah, it grossed nearly thirty-two million dollars on opening weekend. Wow! Um, so it almost made its entire budget back in like two days, three days. Um, so they did they did well. Um, needless to say that this film actually spawned uh, an immense amount of action figures, t-shirts, rides at Universal Studios. Like this became a. Uh, whereas the Terminator One kind of like. The Terminator was about kind of this creeping sci-fi. Uh, this movie just straight up established a uh, like a franchise. Like in a lot of ways, it was like I don't want to say the original Marvel Cinematic Universe, but this was like a push, a push, a ba- like a footstep towards that. Like one full human footstep towards what would later become like the Disneyfication Marvel
0: shared universe mm-hmm. lore kind of deal. Yeah, one small step for franchise. One giant leap for superhero fatigue. Yeah, exactly.
2: (laughs) Do you think this kind of um, transformed the way that these action films, because I feel like in the 80s, it was completely different in terms of action films.
1: I mean, you had like Die Hard, where they had one and two come out in the 80s. I think Die Hard with a Vengeance came out like a little after Terminator 2. Um, But even, like, Die Hard 2, I think if you look into it, like, that script was not originally a Die Hard script. It was something that they just kind of slapped Die Hard on. Um, So, I I mean, I don't necessarily know if 91 was really, like, yet the time of, like, the sort of Mm sequelitis that happens. Um, Because, like, Predator, I think Predator 2 came out later, if I believe so. I believe so. Maybe. Um, And I think some of the other sequels, like, obviously, Aliens, um, directed by James Cameron... Came out later as well, Um, so uh, 90s. I don't know. I think so. This is sort of, I guess, to you see what you guys are doing to me right now. So uh, Aliens came out in '86, apparently. So it came out after Terminator One. So I'm sorry, mentally, I feel like I'm trapped in between two extremes right now because I'm I'm nervous (laughs) to say anything. (laughs) Just
0: don't say anything at all, Uh, (laughs) unless taking a vow. Yeah, when you're when you're
1: worried that. Everything you say is going to be a mistake. (laughs) Suddenly, mistakes are everything that you say. Um, (laughs) That's
0: philosophical right there.
1: Yeah, right? Yeah, so in general, I just want to say this film was sort of at the epicenter of this big sequel thing. Because obviously, Aliens came out in '86. Obviously, we've got Die Hard 2 came out before Terminator 1, I believe. Uh, I'm going to fact-check myself again. Um, but in general, like I think Terminator... Uh, nope, came out before. So, Die Hard 2... Yeah, Die Hard 2 came out in 90. Um, so, right before. But yeah, so Terminator 2, I feel like, is sort of in this epicenter of like a cultural shift, though. Because, like, fucking... I saw Terminator hands for sale in toy stores. Like, the little T... t- yeah. The, the Arnold the hands. The grabby hands. The gra- grabby hands. I saw those... For sale and lunch boxes and all kinds of shit with Terminator on it, like well into my childhood. And I was born in eighty nine. So if I'm seeing this shit at like nine, ten years old, like clearly there's some staying power for like franchise. Yeah. Um so this was sort of the big franchisification of mm-hmm. Terminator, needless to say. And
2: the recent reboot or whatever, a couple years ago.
1: Yeah. Um, so yeah, Sam, you are correct. Based on the notes that we've got here, uh, the T 800 is Arnold's model. That being said, but I, they didn't,
0: they I, didn't actually call it the T 800 until this movie.
1: It's not even in this movie. Actually, I don't think really, no, he still refers to himself as Cyberdyne systems model one Oh one, which I, yeah, which I have in my notes unless
0: they retconned oh. it in the, uh,
1: they might they might have the in they might have
0: in the director's cut because I think that's what I watched and I distinctly remember the saying T eight hundred and T one thousand
1: movie. Really curious to know when this director's cut came out because um, I'm seeing like a bunch of uh, we've got the director's cut pulled up so I'm seeing like out of the corner of my eye here and there just like scenes I one hundred percent have not seen. Um, so I'm super interested to see when the sort of director's cut came out. Um, so let me see if I can figure it out. I wonder if they came out around the same time. Director's cut release date November 24th, 1993. Terminator 2 Judgment Day special edition cut of the film was released to LaserDisc and VHS. So two years after the re- original release of the film. Mm. Um, it does make me wonder if they did that on purpose to like prime future things, uh, too, yeah. potentially. Because um, when
2: did Terminator
1: 3 come out? Um, I think Terminator 3 is a little bit later. Who cares? Yeah, thank you. Sucks. 2003. <laughs> yeah, 2003. <laughs> um, so yeah, there's a good chunk of space between each of these movies. But anyway, um, here's the deal. We don't want to get into a huge conversation about the entire Terminator franchise, nor is this a Terminator podcast. <laughs> um, So we're saying all of these things just kind of set the scene. Um, primarily as well, I would argue that Terminator 2... Uh, being covered by this podcast is specifically for one reason. Um, Obviously, we do want to give it the proper review treatment like we gave the first film on the last episode, Uh, but we really just wanted to bring this up as well as Escape from L.A. um, to juxtapose the original tone versus the sequel tone and use that as a mirror to show you guys kind of what Kojima was seeing and looking at and studying in relations to good sequels. Mm-hmm. Um, and some of this shit actually ended up in some of his uh, pitch materials to uh, higher upset at Konami um, as to why they should intentionally um, withhold information when promoting the sequel um, and sort of twisting cool. things in their head. So we'll get into that at the end of the episode, or towards the end of the episode. But I just want to make, make it known to you guys that, like, if you're here for a Terminator podcast, you should definitely let us know because that'd be great. And maybe we can talk about starting Terminator Thursdays. Uh, But as far as Metal Gear Mondays, uh, we just want to talk about how it correlates to Metal Gear. Uh, We don't want to get sidetracked in being a movie review podcast, um, as much as I would love that. Um, But yeah. So, um, outside of the budget stuff, uh, the film was produced by Coralco Pictures, Pacific Western, Lightstorm Entertainment, and uh, again, Canal Plus, um, which uh, Studio Canal uh, also sponsored, I think, the first film, I believe. Really? Um, possibly. Did you say Rip? Is Canal Plus gone? <laughs> no. Oh, okay. I was like, oh
2: my God. <laughs> I said, really?
1: Uh, oh, so we got worldwide <laughs> gross on T2 pulled up as well. So, Terminator 2 grossed $519 million over the course of its existence. What a big boy. Yeah, it's a hefty. It's a hefty boy.
2: Also, the distribution I feel like changed. Wasn't the first one Orion?
1: Oh yeah, this is TriStar.
0: And now TriStar it's Pictures got the
3: beefy,
1: which is weird. Was this, though was this
0: before it was Columbia TriStar? Uh, yes. Yeah, it is. No, so that wow. that
1: was the weird thing. So when I so I uh, watched this film on um, the Lionsgate 2015 Blu-ray release. Um, my Blu-ray version had the director's cut and the original theatrical, which I watched the original theatrical. Um, the picture and sound were great compared to the first film, which if you guys remember, you go back to listen to the previous episode. Um, some of the sound was really quiet on mine. Um, but I mentioned, I mentioned the Blu-ray and who provided it because it's very interesting. So Lionsgate had their distribution logo all over this Blu-ray. And I was like, I don't understand. Like they must've procured it or Uh, gotten the licensing rights for the Blu-ray or something. Mm -hmm. Cause I was like, I don't remember Lionsgate even existing when this film came out. And so, um, I started looking into it, and so Artisan also published uh, a version. I think it's like a DVD maybe or VHS. Huh. But at the very, very end of the movie, even on this Blu-ray version, there is a super old school like, triangle with the with the horse jumping through yeah. it, like TriStar logo. Mm-hmm. And I was like, TriStar is not anywhere on this box at all. <laughs> like, I think it's written on the little written credit part. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, I was very caught off guard when I saw the TriStar at the end. Hmm. If you guys want that Blu ray, it's $10. Um, I would actually recommend, if you're into Terminator, that you check it out because they're um, some pretty good special features. They had three behind the scenes featurettes that were all like 20, 30 minutes long. So, dang. Might be worth checking out for 10 buckaroos. You don't get that these days. Nope. It uh, looks like Lionsgate was created in 97. Thank you, Isaac. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh we're gonna fact check all of our shit live (laughs) from now on Mm -hmm. um the film was directed by james cameron it was written by james cameron and william wisher william wisher is also like a contributing writer on the first script um so gail ann hurd is not back but she is back as a producer just not back as a uh, obtaining a writer credit um the log line for the film is as follows a cyborg identical to the one who failed to kill Sarah Connor, must now protect her teenage son, John Connor, from a more advanced and powerful cyborg. Um, so this, that log line could have been summarized as we mash one action figure <laughs> against another. Um, the, the film has a meta score of 75. That's pretty high for films. Um, I feel like, most of the films that I like are always between like 60 and 70. Really? Uh, I don't know. It's weird. You go only. down to 60? Yeah. The Alessia. Oh, I'll check the it great out. The <laughs> yeah, I'll, be I'll check Alessian. it out. No, there's some movies I like. They have like 30s on Metacritic. Really? Um, IMDb gives us a 8.5 out of 10, and it is ranked as the 501st most popular film on IMDb. And if you remember from last episode, uh, the original is 752nd. Wow. Hmm.
2: So.
0: what i will say what i will say that does kind of make sense to me what i will say about this movie versus the terminator and i and i enjoy both of these movies um very much way to tip your Um, hand sam
1: we're saving our final thoughts no i'm kidding (laughs) (laughs) um
0: i think this movie being the type of movie that it is is a little bit more accessible for other people that for like most people than the original one is oh i would agree um, and I think I think that like d- that disparity in rating makes a little bit of sense in that way.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: I think it would also explain why it's a little bit of a rec, rec-
1: uh, not a recon like a reset kind of mm-hmm. like because
0: look- it follows a lot of the same beats, but it it, it it presents it in a different way that's more palatable towards like a, a wider audience. Mm-hmm.
1: It's way more. Um, I guess that's probably why you see it running on uh, like cable TV reruns mm-hmm. a lot. Um, not to say that. <laughs> i really just want to uh uh clarify that sam and all of us are not saying like we think you guys would probably enjoy this film but <laughs> it's not no, for yeah. us <laughs> like... <laughs> no and i only st- I, I only say like, that because like my I'm in-laws being... i have a problem with my in-laws like that where like they'll ask me about a movie and like legit in the past i've been like i think you guys would like it <laughs> and they're just like what does that mean <laughs> And I'm just like, what do you it's mean? Like, and they're like, you don't specific. like it. And I'm like, uh, no, I do like it, but I think you guys would like it. I don't, please, please don't hurt me. Anyway, leave me alone.
0: <laughs> oh man. But yeah, yeah. No, it's you, it's. Just, I'm just being I'm just being general about it. It's it's it's. They're both great movies. I just think they're they're they, while being similar, they're they're different movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that I think that an action film or like a blockbuster is obviously more. Um, palatable to a a wider general audience than Mm -hmm. a a thriller or a horror movie is just based on history Mm -hmm. so i'm not saying anything specific i'm being general
3: (laughs) um
1: i do want to make love you guys i do want to make mention um oh i don't know how this completely slipped my mind so robert patrick is also in Die Hard 2. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so this film stars uh, Arnold Sequel Schwarzenegger, um, Linda Hamilton, so they're both back in their in their roles. Edward Furlong, who is playing a young John Connor, uh, and Robert Patrick, little, who is playing the little T-1. Jazz. Scary boy. Yeah, Edward Furlong needs to get punched in the throat in this movie. Um, <laughs> but no, so there, I, I wanted to make mention, um, it's it's interesting. I don't have as like in-depth development history that James had on the first film, but... Um, I do, uh, find it funny that for all intents and purposes, like Arnold's agent contacted James Cameron and was like, we want to like Arnold really likes the Terminator and he really wants to continue the story of the Terminator. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, we want to see if we can do a sequel, but we want Arnold to be depicted as like a good guy. Mm -hmm. Is that how it happened? Yeah. Like effectively, like Arnold Schwarzenegger was like. I like that movie. Can we do it again? But I want to be good. It's a good movie. <laughs> Can we
0: do the same. But point? I want to be the good guy. Yeah.
1: So I would argue that uh, this is extremely apparent in the first thirty minutes of this movie, where the whole fucking movie is just look how cool Arnold Schwarzenegger yeah. is. Mm-hmm. Um,
2: He's got the motorcycle and cool glasses.
0: Well, that, this this might be a good time to talk about like the advertising for the movie because I watched some of the trailers mm-hmm. for the for the for the movie, and they very much pull a. Um, like we discussed, they very much pull um, a Metal Gear Solid Two, um, talking about ways to link it back to Metal Gear. Is that they, they? I, I don't think it was clear that Arnold was like he was going to be the good guy in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, much like we weren't really sure we, we didn't know that Raiden was going to be the main character of Two until mm-hmm. it happened. Um, and so they like, show the T one
1: thousand in the uh, in the
0: trailers though, right?
1: Uh, I think so. Yeah. It's your liquid metal mic in action. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you didn't know. This but is you didn't know. Like that,
0: you okay. thought. Like, you thought like it's Terminator Two, so they're sending two Terminators yeah. this time. <laughs> so, <Yeah. laughs> they should probably send like two hundred. But yeah, for yeah. Sure. At this point, but but yeah, it's very much. And then you're watching the movie, and oh, surprise! He's here to protect John Connor this time.
2: I like the way they did it too, where it, mm-hmm. little John Connor's um, trapped in between the two trapped Terminators in the hallway.
1: trapped Trapped, uh, between two terms trapped in the hallway (laughs) (laughs) um yeah it's pretty it's interesting um and the way they play with that too again sort of early on in the film you're not quite sure what's happening so and we'll talk Mm -hmm. about that once we get into the film proper but yeah i mean that was the honestly that was the big reason why i wanted to bring up this film is like this film it's interesting in the way it recreates terminator one's plot beats it does kind of feel like Oh, it just feels like Shadow Moses? You mean, are you sure we didn't just completely build this to be Shadow Moses? It's like, oh, shit. Um, But unlike um, Escape from L.A., which will directly address the sort of meta context, um, this film doesn't really care to point it out. Mm -mm. It's uh, quite the opposite, actually. Uh, They kind of of don't want you to really think about the first film ever, um, except for really like the one plot beat with the hand. And um, the uh, the fact that they reference um, all of the cops that Arnold killed in
0: the first film, yeah. yeah. And then of course you got you've got Jackass Doctor Silverman,
1: yeah. But like other than like the core character, like there's nothing in this film, I think, that if you were to watch it and not having seen the first one, that like you would miss because they pretty Mm -hmm. much go over everything again. Um, but yeah. So, um, outside of that, I did have one other, uh, behind the scenes fact that I want to mention before we get into the movie proper, uh, really cracks me up. The director of photography on this is the DP for the film ghost with Patrick Swayze. <laughs> <laughs> so I don't know why, but it's the same thing that like the director of photography on drive. It really blows my mind that the Nicholas winding Refn film drive, the director of photography is the DP from X-Men two.
2: Oh, that's interesting.
0: Oh, weird.
1: Um, so it's, I don't know, it's well, always, it's, two, yeah, it's always interesting to X-Men see like two the, is a very good movie. yeah, it's good. Um, it's just always interesting to see like a DP go from like, he was the director of photography on the Teletubbies film and now he's <laughs> the DP on Sphere and you're just like, what, <laughs> <laughs> excuse me? Oh, kind of like, I don't know if you guys knew this. Did you guys know that the writers of Bad Santa are also the writers of, uh, of, uh. Oh my God! What is that fucking TV show that makes everybody cry all the time? Uh, this is This us. is Us. Yeah.
0: Are you serious? I I so that's crazy that you brought that up. I was I'm on IMDb right now. I was looking to see who plays um, the older version of John Connor from the beginning of the movie, and I just scrolled past an ad for This Is Us.
3: Mm-hmm.
0: It's very weird, very strange. Anyway, yes, Michael Edwards. By the way, uh, we'll get if it. you didn't. Sorry. Oh, no, I already know. <laughs> But
1: yes, correct. So interesting, 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 interesting. Um, but yeah, so I guess sometimes people people do other people do weird things. Um, but yeah, so let's get into the, <laughs> let's get into the movie proper again. Um, I think so. Isaac made a um, Isaac made a really good uh, statement earlier before we got on the uh, before we got on the uh, mics, uh, which was <laughs> yeah. we should uh, paint with some broader strokes uh, for this episode. Um, so that we've got time to kind of talk about some of the bigger, bigger picture items, as opposed to getting as granular as we did with the Terminator. Um, and then I projected, oh yeah, because that's what opened us up to criticism. Uh, <laughs> but <laughs> I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Um, but yeah, so we're gonna paint with a little bit of a broader brush, uh, except for
0: what I want to. What I want to say to that is that w- yes, this is all true, but also the granularity got us into. Um, the discussion of of Matt and his two hour long sexual stamina. So oh, really, that's true. Who, who, who's the real winner? Ginger here?
1: with her priority list. Her, her thick ass. <laughs> that's true. Uh, fun episode, but yeah, we'll get into stuff like that. But I think in general, um, we're going to try and cover the plot beats that are kind of rehashes from the first film. A little mm-hmm. kind of yeah. quicker, I guess. Anyway, let's get into the damn thing. You guys have been listening to us drone on now for probably close to like half an hour, if not longer, like 45 minutes. So let's talk about the goddamn movie. Holy shit. <laughs> yeah, so the film, uh, they lose the text scrawl from Which is good. from T1, and they replace it with just straight-up voiceover of Sarah in T2. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I would argue that the opening scene for this film they kind of combined both of the flashback scenes from the first film to make the first flashback scene in this film mm-hmm. um, it is a flashback not a flash forward as well because it's a flash back to john before he sends the terminator but is it but it's in the it? future i don't know anyway it's a, a side it's a flash forward backward it's <laughs> a lost loss. flash yeah. It's a um flash sideways. Well, and so is right. uh essentially what 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 we see as opposed to just being like this ominous bulldozer crushing some skulls, we do see the bulldozer in the skulls again, which is cool. But we see uh, Los Angeles 2029, Sarah Connor's talking, and we kind of get the dude in the truck shooting at the spaceship trying to kill him scene again from the first film, just recreated with a different truck and a less shaky doll man. <laughs> um and we see now we see the robo skeleton that was the big reveal at the end of Terminator 1 we fucking see them everywhere like they're everywhere um so it's just a bigger better I would. It's a more expensive version of the future. For yeah, Terminator for sure. One. Mm-hmm. It's like literally all it exists for. Um, and we get to we see also actually
0: see yeah John Connor this time Michael Edwards, <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> portraying an older version of John Connor. Uh, we actually get to see him this time instead of just imagining.
1: Yeah, he's got a scar across his face. He he kind of mm-hmm. looks like uh, he looks like if Clive Owen and Jean Claude Van Damme had a son. Hmm. I can see that. Yeah, I can see that. Um, Isaac and I are actually w- looking at it right now. We're watching this man's face. <laughs> he's an angry boy. Up close. Um, and yeah, then, he's very
0: angry looking. He, is not, he, he was not what I expected John Connor uh-huh. to look like. Yeah,
1: especially after being such a little pain in the ass. Uh, a we'll whiny boy. Uh, but then, so cut to explosions, because uh, this film, when in doubt, is going to cut to explosions. <laughs> and I think that's why we love sure. it. That's why we have fun yes. with this film. This is a fun film. But we get the Terminator 2 Judgment Day logo. It's a little less ominous than the uh, Sideway Scrolls. Um, uh, we get it right before we see a burning skeleton staring into our souls. <laughs> <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and then uh, after that, we effectively um, end back up in uh, the real world. Um, and so it's the same similar opening to the first film, except uh, instead of there being a dump truck and a uh, a man repeating the same line twice to then get beat up by Arnold. Uh, <laughs> what, the, what the hell? <laughs> what the hell? Um, I love that. Arnold uh, appears uh, much more impressively. He actually takes a chunk out of the back of a semi-truck and leaves a crater. Uh, but then Arnold uh, comes into a uh, biker bar, uh, completely butt naked, uh, impresses all of the women in the bar, but immediately mm-hmm. pisses off all the men in the bar. <laughs>
0: mm-hmm. um, Which, I mean, this is i'm gonna i will say this is this scene is an improvement over the first movie scene it's very fun and i love it a lot yeah so
1: so that's the thing i wanted to point out about the the opening and, and just sort of all these things is from the future point until the end credits of the film like from the beginning to end uh this film's just really goofy and it's like okay with it oh yeah like, cause this whole, this whole doing. biker scene, it ends with a fucking punchline Yeah, oh yeah I and I'm like, are you kidding me? Like, uh, And Arnold just gets like stabbed a bunch and then throws bikers on like, uh, uh, stove tops and like shows his dong to a bunch of like busty biker babes. Like it's just a very goofy scene. It is. Uh, but it's a lot of fun. Uh, it's also
2: very violent. Oh yeah. Like Arnold graphic.
1: straight. Yeah. Arnold straight pins a man to a pool table with a knife. <laughs> Mhm. But anyway, um yeah, uh, unlike the first film where we got this excellent juxtaposition between the two men uh who are coming from the future, in this film we just see like arnold's a badass, look at him being all leather clad. Uh, he literally snatches a shotgun from a man's hands that's about to kill him. This man can do, yeah, well, do it. Like, all.
0: He's he's going to take the he's going to take the bike the the guy he beats the living fuck out of <laughs> gives him the keys to the bike and he goes and his clothes and stuff and he goes to get the bike. And the bartender is like, I can't let you take the man's hog, son, or something like that. Yeah. And Arnold just walks up to him and just, and like, snatches. steals his shotgun. Oh, yeah. Moves then, his hands quicker than Bruce Lee. Steal that yeah, shotgun. Takes, <laughs> takes the bike anyway. It's fantastic.
1: Um, but anyway, unlike the excellent juxtaposition and the uh, excellent use of time to establish everything, uh, uh, much like our non-excellent usage of the first hour of this podcast Um, uh, essentially when the second man kind of shows up it's super quick and like we don't know anything about his powers he just like kind of punches the cop and it's like out of Mm -hmm. like the cop pulls over and he's like oh just a standard electrical storm under an underpass um (laughs) and then like a nude man punches him and then this nude man wears these police clothes for the entirety of the film Mm -hmm.
2: um yeah that's I don't really get that because like he can he can morph into other people and things, but he always reverts back to he this like, police
0: officer. Oh, he loves the uniform. <laughs> loves it the, makes him feel great. He, he loves, he the, loves the responsibility. I mean, to be fair, it did help him a few times. Oh, <laughs> for sure.
1: But like, why didn't he just like turn into a, like a military-looking guy or like an FBI yeah. agent or something? Who knows? Um, FBI
0: agents are conspicuous. Yeah, I just don't.
1: Shockingly, I just don't. Why didn't they send, like, a 100 of the T-1000? Like, I get that it's a prototype, but, like...
2: Maybe Skynet's broke? Jumping
1: jumping ahead a little bit, uh, them fucking this up essentially, like, ruins Skynet. Like, Mm -hmm. if we're taking all sequels off the table, because, like, again, this film does not end on, like, a teaser, like, oh, something new's coming. This film kind of wraps everything up, for all intents and purposes. Um, So going with the information that we have within this film... Uh, everything gets fucked. So like, I don't understand why Skynet would be like, because like Skynet and Cyberdyne kind of exist in this timeline at this point. Mm-hmm. In eighty three, yeah. neither of them existed. Mm-hmm. Maybe Cyberdyne did, but not the project that led right. to Skynet. Right. And so like, you would think, based on the timeline, that the Skynet computer would be like, oh, I came online in nineteen ninety two or something or ninety four or whatever. Judgment Day is ninety five. But no, it's ninety-seven. So Sam, here. Yep. Sorry, I'm gonna I'm gonna bring this up right here right now, uh, mm-hmm. not to call you out, but just to explain to you my confusion. So Who based me? on my notes, based on my notes, Judgment Day is August twenty-ninth, nineteen ninety-seven, within the film of T two. Uh-huh. But based on the internet, it says that Judgment Day is supposed to be ninety-five.
0: Well, you can't put anything on the internet that isn't true. So uh, that's fair.
1: I'm just confused because I I feel like I'm seeing a lot of conflicting things. And then after this movie, they, like, retconned that Judgment Day didn't get completely subverted. It got pushed – it got put on – it got delayed. Yeah. And so then I think in T3, the whole thing is that Judgment Day is actually going to take place in, like, 2007 or something. Huh. But, anyway, it's, again, we're not... It's all we're, fucked yeah, up. We're not why, you,
0: why, would that, why would that be calling me out? I didn't say uh, anything. I
1: think we... So, we, you and I were going back and forth about whether it was 97 or 95 on the last episode, I believe. Were we? Oh, okay. Um, And not, like, in a... Well, know,
0: like, oh, I know. Yeah. I know. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know.
1: Oof. Um, but, yeah, so, anyway, so, so we go from Oof. this. Um, T-1000 upgraded from... Uh, ooh, Isaac just gave us a still frame on Sarah Connor looking extremely oh, menacing. You know. Uh, so the T-1000 is upgraded from the, uh, we will call it the T-800, uh, because he doesn't use phone books. This motherfucker uses the police computer (laughs) right out the gate. He's like, no, I'm gonna find them. I'm gonna find them right now. So they've learned. Mm -hmm. Um, we cut to John Connor. He's a little punk ass in his garage tuning a motorcycle. His foster mother is asking him to come inside, and John pretends like he can't hear her and continues to rev the bike, um, Mm -hmm. fooling no one, because literally everyone's like, wow, this guy's a
0: huge asshole. (laughs) Kid's a a fucking jack wagon.
1: Yeah, and then the foster mother enters the home. Foster father is being a complete dick as well. Um, She tells him to go talk to John, and John just peels the fuck out of there. Um, with his
0: friend on the back of the like riding bitch on the back of the bike (laughs) yeah
1: with the Um, boombox and he says a phenomenal quote to his foster dad he says she's not my mother Todd (laughs) (laughs) and he does the
2: thing with. which of course his name is
1: Todd like come on fucking stepdads named Todd let's give it up to all the stepdads in the world named Todd who aren't pieces of shit
0: thank you not piece (laughs) of shit Todd
1: God bless you guys Um, (laughs) we hard cut to Sarah getting ripped as fuck in a mental institution um, mm-hmm. So Sarah Connor is uh, she has upturned her bed and she 's using it to pull herself up um, again some uh, would call them pull pull ups for a- anyone not at home please don 't yell at me but Sam and Isaac uh, you guys having seen the director 's cut. if I miss anything while going through these scenes, please chime in with the director 's cut information. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so Sarah's getting ripped. Uh, she's bored as shit. She's in this mental institution. There's a little bit of an implication that she's been here for a while because the psychiatrist from the first film is touring his, what appear to be sort of new hires or interns or understudies or associate psychologists, whatever you want to call them. And he explains that he sort of built his career out of Sarah's weird, uh, paranoia about the future and stuff. Um, and then, in sort of classic film fashion, we're introduced to these like Tweedledee and Tweedledum uh, asshole orderlies that are very clearly just <laughs> abusing the shit out of their patients. Later, we will see one of them lick Sarah's face, which is beautiful. Yeah. Um, but yeah. Uh, and then at this point, the T1000 uh, rolls up to the Foster family home, uh, and he <laughs> just knocks on the door and essentially asks, "Hey, if, have you, do you? Can you guys tell me where John Connor is?" They say, oh, you just missed him. Uh, he says, do you have a photograph? Um, and then he says, the best two fucking lines I've heard in a movie in a very long time. He's a good looking boy. Mind if I keep this picture? <laughs>
0: <laughs> Are you kidding me? And then the parents, like not like, being
1: creeped out at all, go, no, 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 go on. You're good. You're yeah. Good.
0: Simply because he's a police officer. Oh, which, yeah. I mean,.
1: Ah, oh, this is a this is a good looking boy. <laughs> boy. <laughs> Can I keep this? Phone? Look at
0: these, look at these good looking boys.
1: Um, so needless to say, outside so of the, many the, beautiful the, boys, <laughs> the, creep, the creepy pedo cup. Uh, <laughs> before he takes off, uh, the Foster family says that a man and a big burly man on a motorcycle came by looking for. Oh yeah, John. John. So, quick question: One, mm-hmm.
0: did the did the phone book beat out the police
1: information?
0: I mean, oh. it might have, but maybe, like, but, like, maybe he learned, too. Like, he was sent he was oh, sent yeah, back too, by too. John, so maybe he was just like, here's the address, go there. Yeah. So, two, when did that happen? Did that happen before the boys were
1: working on the bike, or did that happen between the boys taking off and the cops showing up? Because the implied timeline here is, like, this is happening simultaneously.
0: Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, I imagine it was probably, so, so, I think the reason why they probably didn't, didn't didn't show it i think it probably happened after john left otherwise he probably would have seen john but i think the implication because what because what t-1000 says um after they bring up bring up t-800 they bring up the terminator arnold is um um they said should we be worried about him and then t-1000 goes no there's he's nothing that's nothing to worry about and I think it's meant to imply that they're working together. Gotcha. Ah, I think that's just my that was that was my reading. Oh, that's series. true because we Let still know.
1: don't know. Yeah, we still don't. Yeah, know we don't until find because we don't find out that. The, yeah, we don't know until John in finds
0: out. Yeah,
1: which is great. Um, quick question: So the uh, special edition um, right after the sequence where the boys um, are seen hacking an ATM because everybody in the early '90s was a computer hacker. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, the, the actor that plays Kyle Reese in Sarah's flashback, that's not Michael Bean, is it? Yeah. Oh, is it? I was going to say he looks vaguely different. So I just wasn't sure.
0: I'm pretty sure it's Michael Bean. Gotcha. I can look up. I can, I am on IMDb right now. I can look it up. Uh, Okay, cool.
1: Maybe it's just the facial hair or maybe because time has passed. I mean, it had been a like six years, seven years. Well,
0: he's wearing glasses to show time had passed. I
1: don't think he's wearing glasses though. He's not. it's a, Uh, it's a, (laughs)
0: a... (laughs) I'm sorry. It's a joke. It's a joke. <laughs> um, but yeah, so anyway. We can't th- me- Why can't I remember the comedian's name right now? He's my favorite comedian at the moment. Oh, my God. John Mulaney. Uh, there he can- is.
1: Um, so we cut back to Sarah and the mental institution. Um, they're reviewing her tapes. Um, pretty cool sort of picture-in-picture situation. So we see, like, the VHS playing on the uh, television set um, while Sarah, for whatever reason, I guess they're okay with the patients smoking inside the building but she's just like burning through a cigarette while they're watching this vhs tape on the television of her from before when she was crazier and now sort of the psychiatrist is trying to build a case that uh her being calmer now is just sort of a facade because like look at how crazy and passionate you were about this future shit Mm -hmm. and now you're telling me that you're fine but it's been like six months so like what what happened i think you're just trying to get out right and so she gets mad and says that essentially she's just she's been promised to see her son. So she's upset that they're not letting her see her son. Um, this
2: part kind of freaked me out.
1: Yeah, Sarah in general. So she's gone from like... For a long time. Well, she's gone from n- normal, normal waitress girl, sort of like all-American normal waitress girl trying to make ends meet, oh, yeah. to becoming like fucking beefed up crazy chain smoking conspiracy theorist is kind of the way that they're oh yeah
0: and she like she the reason why she's in there is because she tried to blow up the fucking company that um. she's trying to blow up the company where they they found the um, oh, Cyberdyne Cyberdyne yeah she's trying to blow up Cyberdyne mm-hmm. what's crazy is and that's I, the reason why she's in there I don't
1: I don't recall, except for other in like f- other than like fleeting dialogue snippets. I don't recall their, them really dedicating a lot of time to why she was locked
0: up. No, they didn't. They, I remember them saying it, but they didn't spend a whole lot of time
1: gotcha. on it.
2: Probably because that VHS tape. <laughs> she looks yeah. insane. She looks like a crazy person.
0: Yeah, she does look insane. Um, Michael Bean is 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 calories. Okay, cool. this, By the way, yeah.
1: So again, I guess the seven years just make him look a little different which is fine. Mm. Humans age. Um, uh, Yeah. The other funny thing too is like uh, the psychiatrist says like uh, he's going through sort of her internal machinations as to what her weird uh, system of thinking was whenever she was at her worst. And he specifically mentions, uh, yeah, and all of these things happened. And then you claim that you killed the Terminator inside this factory, but that some company covered it up. And she was like, yes, I did. And he's like, well, do you think that they still exist? And she's like, well, they don't exist. And then uh, in my notes, I just wrote, cut to the company actively covering it up. (laughs) Because literally the next (laughs) scene is just that, which I thought was really funny. Um, And so uh, we are in Cyberdyne, which uh, for all intents and purposes, uh, I like the inflatable dinosaur um, in their little lobby. Um, I'm trying to remember... When exactly Jurassic Park uh, came out? Uh, 93. Or Shit. So ni- Jurassic Park came out after this. Do you guys think Ooh. that inflatable dinosaur at Cyberdyne Ooh. inspired Jurassic Park?
0: Oh, sure. Why not? <laughs> I'm kidding. Um,
1: <laughs> but anyway, so we... Cinematic s- Universe. We see this guy named Dyson. Um, what's his first name? Byron or something? No, what is it? Miles. Miles, that's right. His middle name says it to the B. I don't know why I wrote down his full fucking name later on in my notes. Anyway, Um But yeah, so uh, Miles uh, Dyson, effectively, uh, is let into this special little chamber, um, and we see It. He's like, I'm here to check on It. And it's this little chip that, if you remember, we saw in the first film. Um, And it's also Arnold's hand from the first film. Mm -hmm. So thus begins the weird bootstrap situation that we discussed on the last episode, which is if a terminator being sent back in time is what created cyberdyne and skynet or is what cyberdyne used to create skynet how the fuck was skynet created in the first place to send a terminator back in time so that was the that was the conundrum we found ourselves
0: in last yeah. episode if you don't think about it too much it's fine <laughs> yeah but if you think about it too much it gives you a headache
1: it's too many loops yeah too many loops i mean there's plenty of loops we so just got to figure out where the hell the origin point is you know what well, i mean the, like there well, has to be yeah. a well, I mean, the, the whole things,
0: thing of it is like like it 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 doesn't make any sense. Like if you take this as it's like self, because they tie it up pretty nicely at the end of this, and obviously they they continue the series. But like if you think about it, it's just like okay. To go to the end of the movie really quick, like the the mission was successful. The good the good mission was successful. So then that sh- that should mean that Skynet was never created. Which then how did they send? the Terminator back back. In t- Terminator's back in time to stop, the, and it just yeah. becomes a whole... If you think about it too hard, it just becomes a clusterfuck, so... <laughs> yeah, exactly.
1: Which, like, don't get me wrong, I understand the loop, and I think it's cool. Like, using the example we used last episode, which, at this point, I feel like I've said last episode so much. If you haven't listened to last episode, you should go listen to the last episode. <laughs> um, but using the uh, analogy or sort of comparison that we used there, which was the guy going back in time to teach Bach... His own his own song. I get it romantically and like macro level wise, like that's beautiful to be like, oh, well, you knew that thing because your future self told you that thing. And so you've always known that thing and it's always been your future self that's told you that thing. So if you went back even further in time, like you would be able to get back before your future self told your past self and you could witness it happening. Mm -hmm. But, like, that also implies that, like, if that were to happen, then right now future me and Isaac would come through the door to tell past me and Isaac a thing that we would only know from this point forward as well. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? And so, like, (sighs) while that's cool to look at, while that's, like, romantic, again, uh, and I mean that necessarily in, like, a love way, but, like, in a sort of, like, emotional, fun thing to think about from, like, a... I don't know, from like a, oh, that's nice kind of standpoint. Um, mm-hmm. It's nice to be like, oh, dude, like you love that Bach song that you whistle to yourself all the time. So it's cool that you went back in time and told Bach about his fucking song. But like what that means is like that man invented that song. Bach did not ever invent that song. Right. And which... that just doesn't make any fucking sense because you're not born with that song just inside of you. Like who put that song right. in that man's head?
0: Right. And it's just like. You The only reason why you know that song is because you heard Bach play the song. It's, yeah. yeah. Exactly.
1: So there is, it's like all 11 out of 12 links are on the chain link fence, but like we're missing one link. And it's like that one link could resolve all of it, but other than like the original loop, which we've already mentioned can't exist, then like how the fuck does that get kickstarted in the first
0: place? You know what I mean? Right. So, all right, all right. if you enjoy bootstrap things that, paradox, baby, yeah.
1: If you enjoy things that are sort of about this, um, and you're into watching anime, I strongly recommend Steins Gate. That whole show is about Ooh. accidentally fucking things up by trying to fix them, and it's wonderful. Mm. Um, so is that it's, a long? It's, it's twenty six episodes. Oh, not and bad. it's on Hulu,
0: and it's, it's very good. Twenty six, twenty six good episodes. Yeah, it's yeah. super good.
1: Um, but yeah, so anyway, that's that's the bootstrap paradox. So anyway, we see, which I think. Uh, Honestly, from a sequel perspective, I think it's super cool yeah. that the events of the first film are literally what kickstarted the whole shit chain of events in the first place. Like, mm-hmm. I think, again, from like a writing standpoint, like, that's cool how that all wraps up. Good job, right. guys. Um, but if you think about it too much, it's like, uh, uh. Which, like, if anybody's got thoughts on that shit and you want to record yourself monologuing about it, like, send it in. I, we'll listen to it,
2: we'll put it on the show.
1: Um,. But, yeah, so we're, we cut back to Sarah. She pops off on her psych. Um, he be, She beats, beats the shit out of him or tries to. The orderlies mm-hmm. come in and restrain her. And then I noticed the psychologist does his best Rodney Dangerfield impersonation into the camera that they're recording. He just goes, <laughs> model citizen. Yeah. And, like, adjusts his tie. I was like, are you fucking kidding me? Like, he was a, he was literally a moment from away from, like, I get no respect. <laughs> Uh, which I'm sure happened. Like, I'm sure there's like a cut, like a deleted take where he just looks into the camera and he's like, all right, get no respect.
0: The director's director's cut. Yeah, right.
1: But anyway, so that happens. Uh, John is training for the Future Wars at an arcade at the mall, as you do. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's yeah, he playing him Missile his, Command. His, him
0: and his friend hack the ATM, and they go to the mall,
2: man. $300 worth. Oh, yeah.
1: And, dude, yeah, like, man. the mall used to be, like, uh, so uh, on the second watch, me and James are watching this with my wife, Kristen, and Kristen goes, dude, the mall is fucking packed. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, 1991, baby. Yeah. Like.
0: I was like, that's all anybody did. Man, and $300 at a fucking arcade in the fucking... Oh, yeah early 90s holy shit yeah we get
1: some real video games too most of the time i feel like movies and tv do some bullshit video Screw. games but mm-hmm. we get Afterburner burner 2 we see rampage in the background john's playing mm-hmm. missile command um pretty pretty fun stuff and it's sort of like of the era as well um, and i'm sure there's more games in the background if you if you pay attention and call them out i think there's space invaders back there too um but uh effectively um the the t1 blue lives matter comes in Um, and he talks to some of the kids about where John's at and his little, uh, redheaded friend, uh, does him, does him well and says, uh, no, I, I I don't know who you're talking about. And he like walks away and, uh, he tells John, he's like, John, the fuzz is here for you.
0: (laughs) This is my favorite. You're talking about the nerd?
1: The kid? No, no, no. Okay.
0: No, what, what, what are you going to say? So about? this nerd narc
1: fucking kid with glasses on, you hear in the background, just no hesitation goes, oh yeah, that's him right over there. Oh yeah, yeah, and yeah. And I'm just like, fuck no, this, what, are you kidding me?
0: Well, my, this, is my, this is one of my favorite parts of the movie, just because of how fucking goofy it is. So his friend is just like, no, I've never seen him before. And then the the nerd narc gives him up, and while his his friend is telling him that the police are here looking for him, and so John splits, and then his friend, trying to be an even better friend, walks up to to T-1000, who is on the trail of John now, because obviously he is, and he goes, hey, I think I saw that kid you were looking for over there, and then T-1000 just shoves him out of the way.
1: (laughs) I love it. Well, and then we end up in these, like, the, I don't know if anybody's ever worked a mall job before, but we end up in the, like, the back hallway arteries that make up the the mall access for employees. Yeah. Um, So if you're watching Better Call Saul right now, which you should be, because it's fantastic, um, it's sort of the hallways that he uses to throw the trash at the end of some of the episodes. Um, It's oddly specific. Oh, yeah. Yeah. yeah these are sort of the hallways that the employees come in and out of before the mall opens um and so john's running around back there t-1000s in clear pursuit uh the t-800 arnie walks in and he has a bunch of fucking roses and then uh like drops the flower box which like i have no idea where he got this box of roses or why the flower drops the flower box and then pulls a shotgun out of it um And catches John at sort of the T-intersection, which I want to use this moment real quick to point out that product placement was a very real thing in this film. Um, There's a fucking Pepsi machine in the background. I swear to God, up until this point, me and James probably counted at least like seven or eight clearly visible Pepsi things throughout the film. It's crazy. Um, But yeah, so essentially the uh, T-800 and the T-1000 face off in this hallway. Um, and then a mysterious mall
0: man just gets trapped in between the <laughs> gunfire ran. and oh, yeah. dies. Sure. Um, so when all hope seems lost. Oh yeah. For our young shitty rat John Connor. And this kid sucks <laughs> by the way.
1: Yeah. I don't know um, if we can make it evident enough. John, young John Connor is insufferable. Like Anakin Skywalker um, as a preteen like insufferable. Mm-hmm. Which is even worse. Um, but yeah. And so these two Terminators shoot each other. All of a sudden, it's yeah. revealed that Arnold is uh, there to protect John Connor. Interesting. Mm-hmm.
0: So while this is happening, John escapes and he's like having and he tries. He gets to the garage and he tries to um, tries to start his bike and it's having a hard time. But he finally does it as the as fucking Robert Patrick T-1000 is chasing him down. As
1: an analogy for uh, John Connor's adolescent youth and and how he's just – his body is trying to biologically get kick-started, but it's just not really getting there yet, <laughs> <laughs> um, this motorcycle. Oh, no. Uh, well, so, uh, Sam, before we – because I, I think I know where you're going, which is this sick-ass semi-truck scene, uh, semi-truck yeah, chase scene one of, like, 12 – um, yeah. uh, before we go yeah, there, yeah. though, I, I, I don't know what it was. Seeing Arnold and uh, the T-1000 shoot each other in the hallway, I got some real, like, Freddy vs. Jason vibes watching this mm. movie. I was like, look at these fucking titans of of yeah. cyborg just, like, blowing yeah. each other up. It was pretty cool. Was I don't know. A, it's like two superheroes. An
0: no. Titan of Cyborg. Titan of Cyborg. It sounds like
1: an anime. Yeah,
3: right? <laughs> because I... <laughs> He's a
0: but yeah, so Sam, continue
1: with uh continue with uh oh well real quick, can you give me an Arnold uh can you say you ordered some
0: roses? You ordered some roses. <laughs>
1: <laughs> oh, and before we do this, we cannot leave out this this part that becomes imperative to the LAPD's bloodlust for Arnold Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> at a later date, which is fucking Clark Kent Griswold, whoever this motherfucker is, uh <laughs> fires off like a thousand photographs. During this fight scene, Arnold gets thrown clear through a wall and then clear through a department store window. And the Mm -hmm. T-1000 looks at one of the mannequins that's also silver and he's like, brother? Um, (laughs) But Arnold's (laughs) on the ground covered in glass and this fucking dude just rolls up and you just hear him like chain gun firing his camera. It's nuts. And so later on in the film, it will become important that, quote, the man from the mall uh, becomes like Mm -hmm. the number one target for the LAPD.
0: Well, oh, yeah, because they remember what this man did. Yeah, because like we do,
1: they protect their own.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, but yeah, so the whole LAPD is going to come out for Arnold later. Uh, so get ready for that. But Sam, we're back at motorcycle semi chase town. Can you can you? Yeah. Clue yeah, us yeah. In?
0: Oh, my God. It's fucking badass. So. So. Uh, John escapes on his bike and um, and correct me because you guys have the movie and probably a little bit more of a detailed set of notes but he uh, T-1000 fucking steals a semi truck and starts chasing (laughs) and starts chasing John in this little dinky uh, (laughs) this little dinky like like BMX bike um, uh, motocross whatever fucking bike it is um, like down the road and then down into like the waterways underneath the like uh, yeah those the, trenches, uh, super, the waterway transit trenches and Classic it's LA. fucking harrowing and crazy and then Arnold is just like ah fuck and he gets he gets the motorcycle and is chasing after yeah both
1: sharpshooter fucking shotguns a lock <laughs> off of a off of a fence which is insane mm-hmm. with a shotgun mm-hmm.
0: um, which is fucking awesome yeah
1: and he's just casually. It's like a real, you take the high road, I take the low. Uh, Arnold's just, like, driving above them in his hog while the semi-truck is trying to run over a child um, on the bottom. Mm -hmm. And then Arnold's stunt double hits a sick fucking jump and brings the uh, action to the ground level.
0: Mm -hmm. Um, And um, as the truck is gaining on John, Arnold grabs John (laughs) off of the fucking bike, lets the semi-truck run the bike over, and then they complete the chase. Think think, um, how does it end? So Arnold this shoots the
1: tire out. The semi yeah. smashes into the median, immediately starts leaking gas, which immediately sparks and explodes. Mm-hmm. And then for a moment, it looks like we're about to have a Terminator V rubber standoff. <laughs> uh, a rubber tire emerges from the fire. Arnold's ready to pull the trigger. And I was like, oh my God, this is the mashup I've always wanted. I need rubber versus T-1000 T eight yeah, hundred versus rubber yeah, tire. Yeah. Oh yeah, that'd be amazing. <laughs> Starts telekinetically blowing people's minds up. Movie. But yeah, um, it's nuts. For all intents and purposes, this semi should have splattered John Connor all over the road oh, several sure. oh, times. Yeah. But it's a movie. Oh, yeah. um, also, uh, I was not joking whenever I said uh, uh, Arnold stunt double. If you pause it when the motorcycle jump's <laughs> happening, that is clearly not Arnold Schwarzenegger. <laughs> like, that man has a much rounder, fuller face.
2: There's no Tom Cruise.
1: Oh yeah, man! Has
0: it worked out a day in his life?
1: But yeah, so from there, Arnold then says, "Yes, I'm Cyberdyne Systems Model 101."
0: Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, he definitely says 800 in the director's cut, at least. Yeah, um, I'm pretty sure.
1: And uh, and yeah, and then we get to finally witness, I guess, for the first time that uh, the 1080 snowboarding n 64 game unlockable character is the antagonist of the film. <laughs>
0: yep, we got we've got a we've what is he? He's liquid metal, liquid metal Mike. There, yeah, liquid metal. Mike. Um, what it, he's a he's a. It's like a mimetic poly. Oh yeah, poly alloy. Uh, alloy. Yeah. So he mimes yeah. things. He's just
1: a poly alloy yeah. that
0: mines. He's mimes. able to mimic the appearance of things roughly the same size as him, which is immediately create. questioned
1: later in the film
0: when he becomes all of the floor. <laughs> mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And. Uh, He can also make blunt objects with his, and sharp objects, as we're going to find out in In the best scene in the whole movie, in my opinion. Mm -hmm. Um, uh, With his hands. He can make swords and hammers and shit. Mm -hmm.
1: I immediately had a thought whenever I was watching Arnold download with uh, John. um, Why didn't they send Arnold back in the first film and, and make him pretend to be a protector? And then when Sarah got close to him and they were like hanging out and being chummy, then Arnold just fucking snaps her neck and it's over.
0: Well, I mean, that, well, that's my favorite thing about like the whole the whole deal was like, why didn't you guys send this thing back to kill Sarah again? Oh yeah, in the first place. Oh because yeah, now, back again. Because now Kyle Reese is is dead. So why didn't you try and send it back to kill Sarah again when you realize that the plan failed? Oh, that's super smart.
1: Just send it back to the exact same time all over again.
0: Yeah. But no, now we're going to try and kill the kid. Now that fucking Sarah Connor has been fucking weaponized. How
1: amazing would it have been? Uh, you know what? If I, if Terminator one would have been written by me, hands down, I would argue that at the end of the film, Sarah's like panting. She's like, okay, we did it. The paramedics are there. Terminator, every, every, everything's yeah. yeah. Everything's fine. She turns the corner. And then there's 700 terminators in the hallway waiting for her. That is 100% how I would have ended that movie. That would have been And then just like cut insane. to credits.
0: Yeah. Well that's that's what would have made sense. Yeah. But anyway, well it-
2: isn't the thing that they can't um send things back to a specific time, just a general Oh, I'm not sure. Um t-
3: uh,
0: time I
1: guess. I don't recall.
0: Are you talking out of your ass, Isaac Lynn? I don't know. I know, I know that they said that. <laughs> Am I? I'm
1: the king of talking out of my ass. Um, I, <laughs> I, what, I feel like the only rules that they set in the first one was that they can't go back with things.
0: Right. Yeah, they, they can't go back with anything. things, and they can never go back to the future from the past.
1: Yeah, but I don't know if there were what? any other rules. Time stipulations. But, I don't yeah. know. Isaac Let's became, a, the, the rules, Isaac became the a Terminator rules fanboy is... and watched all the movies. He's secretly <laughs> secretly not telling <laughs> yeah. three Three's my favorite. What, what,
0: <laughs> what is, I don't know. What are the rules? You can't take anything back with you. You can't go back to the future when you go into the past. Don't fuck with the devil. Don't <laughs> have threesomes with blood relatives. Exactly. <laughs> Um, Those are the (laughs) rules.
1: No cigarettes, but smoke them if you got them.
0: Mm -hmm. Smuggle them in your asshole. Oh, yeah.
1: Um, But, yeah, so after their little download, uh, they go to this payphone. uh, John calls his uh, step-parents, or excuse me, foster parents, uh, quote, Todd and Janelle are dicks, but I got to warn them. Um, Arnold Mm -hmm. just fucking punches the telephone open to get quarters out, which cracks me up, (laughs) and then, like, commences, like, the best, like, Minute twenty of the movie. It's so good. I do like this. So Janelle's chopping a chopping groceries. Todd's being fucking dick dick ass uh, Todd. I was gonna say dime bag Daryl. bag Daryl. Um, but um, and their dog Max is barking its ass off in the background. Um, and uh, Janelle's talking to to John on the phone. And Todd says some really douchey shit. And you just see Janelle change hands with the phone and clearly stick her open hand up somewhere mm. and then arnold takes the phone from john to test whether or not the t-1000 has killed his foster parents right
0: and uh so he so first of all um john is very suspicious that she's being very nice she's like john just come home honey, oh yeah and, yeah, make yeah. Dinner, and blah, blah blah he's very suspicious that she's being so nice and that's why that's why arnold gets like all oh, let me let me do this so so arnold mimics john's voice and asks, and, like, talks for a minute, and then, like, goes, what's the dog's name? And then he says, it's Max. And then, um... Excuse me, he said, then, it's Max. <laughs> it's Max. Did you say Max? If you,
1: if you, close, this, if you close your eyes, he kind of sounds like Sora from Kingdom Hearts.
0: A little bit, yeah. Um, Was that a jab? <laughs> Maybe. Um, but, yeah, so he's, he he tells Arnold what the dog's name is, and then Arnold, intention, like, intentionally says the wrong name, and then um and then quote the foster mom goes, Oh, Spar- what is it? Sparky Wolfie. is something stupid like that? Wolfie. Yeah, Wolfie's fine, honey, and then and then um he hangs up the phone. Yeah, and Arnold and John are like, Oh like- shit. Mm-hmm. And then it zooms out and you find out that yes, T one thousand has mimicked his foster mom, and it zooms out and this fucking he's like liquid metal blade oh. is piercing through Todd's skull. And
1: the milk carton.
0: And the milk carton and it's fucking phenomenal.
1: It's so dope. <laughs> um Yeah, it's real good. And then we get to see the uh we get to see the wireframe uh AI battle uh characters from smash brothers um the mm-hmm. walk away so that's what it just looks <laughs> like it looks like a polygon test from the ps1 mm-hmm. um, but yeah and then we uh while these two are talking um i believe that happens right here um no maybe not i think we go to the um yeah so we go back to sarah before we get to the the cool uh <laughs> the cool scene with the bros um,
0: <laughs> cool scene with the bros <laughs> You can't just go around killing people. Yeah.
1: So uh, effectively, Sarah is being interrogated by some private investigators who have the photographs from the mall that this Mm -hmm. human machine gun of a camera operator um, took. (laughs) And they're like, look, this is clearly the dude who showed up to the police station and fucked shit up whenever you were being held in 1984. And I think they specifically state the year, um, thus solidifying that these films just take place in the year in which they were made. Um, Or released, rather. Um, And so the two cops can't really get her to say anything. She's being really deadpan, and so they all leave. Uh, Sarah snags a paper clip from the investigators, um, and that's going to be put to good use later. Um, She's got some
2: filing to do.
1: Oh, yeah. Um, (laughs) We learn from John that Sarah did actually raise her, unlike our speculation last episode, where she was just going to dump him off with a bag of tapes as a surrogate mother. Um Instead, uh, Sarah did raise John, and it was not until they were busted mm-hmm. um, that he was uh, taken into social services, and she was put into the mental institution. Yeah. Um, so, thus solidifying that John was taught some shit in the field because I think they were hanging with like
0: Colombians or something. Is that what it was? Was mm-hmm. it Colombians? No, was it was it Colombians or was it just Me- was it Mexico?
1: No, so they do eventually go back to Mexico, but I think they very specifically mention that Sarah was working with like some sort of, uh... oh, it was Nicaraguan Freedom Fighters, mm. which ties everything into Peace mm. Walker, weirdly And mm. I was going to say, yeah.
0: I like we it. Got some Amanda in there? Yeah, it's Ama- Amanda and Chico. Where Amanda at? Where Amanda Chico? and Chico at?
1: Yeah. Uh, but anyway, from, from there, um, essentially, uh, John discovers that he was the one who programmed Arnold to come back, uh, an adult version of himself. And so um, he can tell Arnold what to do, and Arnold would just do it. So, uh, of course, when you're told I'll do anything you tell me, the way that you test it is hey, lift your leg up. (laughs) And so Arnold just lifts his leg up when, like, I feel like I would have done, I would have asked something (laughs) that, like, was kind of inconvenient of you. Um, But uh, essentially, these two bros are like, hey, kids, everything all right? Um, And uh, John says some shit to them. And so the bros come back and they're like, hey, you need to leave this kid alone and John's like, no, 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 he's fine. Everything's cool. I, I, I mouthed off. Everything's fine. Um, but when the guys come in to like pick on, uh, pick on John, because essentially they're like, whoa, dude, did you like lie to us or something? And John's like, shut up. You fucking dipshit. Um, the, uh, two bros kind of move in to muscle him up and Arnold Mm. immediately grabs, uh, the, the, Uh, yellow shirt wearing super curly haired Chris Farley looking one by the hair and just like lifts him off the ground and then drops him and then grabs his uh, African-American friend and pushes him up against the hood of the car and is about to blow his fucking brains out. Mm -hmm. And John very quickly saves this man from, from certain death. Um, And then we have a life lesson where Arnold is taught to uh,
2: not kill, not be a terminator. If you will.
1: Yeah, John's like, you're no, you know, do terminating anymore. <laughs> and Arnold's like, but I like it. And it's
0: my name. And it's what I do. <laughs> it's my na- But I like it. it? <laughs> yeah. You can't just go around killing people is what he says. Yeah. As I alluded to
1: earlier. <laughs> and then we cut back to Sarah Connor. She's getting licked by Milton from office space. Um, mm-hmm. She paperclips Gosh. her way out of bed. Uh, the T-1000 mm-hmm. is clearly coming for her, which is creepy.
0: And he's talking to this woman. Yeah, we didn't bring that up earlier. During like during the questioning earlier, she stole a paper clip. Oh, so, yeah, we just brought it up. The files. Yeah.
1: Isaac said she had to do some filing.
0: Oh, oh yeah.
1: <laughs> right. um, but, yeah, so the T-1000 shows up. Um, uh, effectively, he is trying to avoid people thinking he, he's an imposter, obviously. So he ends up impersonating uh, a security guard, which is funny. Uh, Behind-the-scenes thing uh these are not computer generated these are actual twins and they're named Dan and Don um so we got Daniel and we have Don um and I'm not sure which is which but uh the T-1000 goes from being the floor panel to becoming a twin of the security guard and then stabbing him through the eye in such a way that it pierces his brain and kills him Ugh but he's twitching mm-hmm. while it's happening and it's very gross. Whew, yeah. Which is really upsetting cuz he actually uh he uses a portable little coffee machine or a vending machine to get a coffee and his little cup was a royal flush. It was his lucky day. <laughs> but anyway, so Sarah uh multiplies her play- paper clips somehow. Uh, I don't know if you guys noticed in the scene. She takes one paper clip and makes like two very long lock picking devices out of them. It's super goofy. Like clearly it's more than one paper clip. <laughs> Uh, but she picks the door, um, and then, uh, the T-1000, like we said, kills the, the ginger Bernie Burns, Andy Richter co- combination, um, <laughs> and stuffs him in a, in a closet, which somebody will very quickly find, uh, later on. And then Sarah goes Kung Fu on the dude doo licked her face and, uh, breaks a broom across his face, uh, which I'm pretty sure broke his nose and probably killed him, but we'll probably see him again because it's a fun movie. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah, and back to, Sam, what you were saying. Arnold uh, swears he's not going to kill anybody anymore, mm-hmm. uh, but...
0: I swear I won't
1: kill anybody. I love his alternate. He's like, I'm not going to kill anybody. Yeah, I'm just, just going to fucking shoot everybody in the, everybody in the- <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> For the remainder yeah. of the film, Arnold blows everybody's like, out. Which is like,
0: I didn't kill him. <laughs> no, no, he, go- he goes, you live... <laughs> yeah he'll yeah he'll do it right it's here. so <laughs> just good like, just like he's like a he's like a violent murderous toddler trying to find like the loophole to the vomit. it's
1: so good <laughs> um but yeah so sierra <laughs> holds uh the psychiatrist hostage with a syringe filled with windex for some reason mm-hmm. after sneaking out it's like, yeah is
0: it? it's like liquid like like a liquid root or something is like it that
1: liquid metal mic <laughs> um, yeah, oh i do wonder can you yeah. syringe the T-1000? That'd be oh, neat. I what Can what I slurp happen? him up and stick him in somebody's neck? Ooh. Oh, God. Would
0: you, Could, be, would you become a hybrid, or would he, just like, I think
1: turn, he would just, like, take you up? He'd, like, telephrag you. I think he would just, like, appear from within you, oh. and then you would just explode. Uh. Uh. Don't like Oof. it. Anyway, so the mental institution's alarm goes off, and it definitely sounds like a seal. Just going, oh, oh.
3: <laughs> <laughs> Like,
1: it's the worst <laughs> alarm sound. Um Sarah finds Arnold and John, and she immediately goes into PTSD, don't touch me, holy shit mode. Um, Rightfully so. I think uh, Linda Hamilton did a pretty good job of being uh, as scared as she definitely should have been when she encounters Arnold again. Uh, But yeah, she's running away from all these orderlies, she hits the elevator button, and out of one of the elevators that gets called to the room is Arnold. And she just sees Arnold before collapsing and running away in panic. And then John runs out and uh, says, no, mom, it's me. But she doesn't see that John's run out and said it. So she might think that Arnold's talking to her like John, which is even creepier. Mm.
2: I never – I didn't think about that. Yeah.
1: Uh, But then the orderlies all show up and uh, pin Sarah down. And seemingly none of them see Arnold until he's like right up on them. And then Arnold does what he does, which is throwing people into things. Um, (laughs) He does just straight push a woman down a hallway. We can't mm-hmm. throw
2: them, he just...
1: Yeah, he just like pushes, pushes them into her. walls. Um, and then he regurgitates the first uh, copied line from Terminator 1, which is, come with me if you want to live. Mm. Um, and then we get this cool scene where the T-1000 just phases through the bars, which is pretty cool. And the psychiatrist yeah. is immediately proven wrong. And we get Terminator, Terminator battle number two. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Um, there's another really crazy cool chase scene. What'd you guys think of, uh, liquid metal Mike's uh, knife hand turning into like a pretty cool little like okay.
0: forklift opening
1: elevator tool. Very resourceful. Pretty
0: sweet. Yeah. The little, like the whole like thing in the elevator where he's like stabbing through the elevator while they're trying to escape is just like fantastic. Yeah. Also.
1: I'm surprised they didn't do more of these. Like, It felt like a monster movie for a second.
0: Uh, oh yeah. And even sure.
1: in the way that when the T1000 gets shot in the head with the shotgun and his head splits and then later when he's uh burning, uh he makes like alien screaming sounds. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's kind of weird. Um but yeah, they they rush out of the, the the building and uh the like poor little rent-a-cop uh who's sitting at his uh in his car. Uh, Sarah just goes, "Get out of the fire car!" And the guy just like is like very shocked and doesn't move. And then she just shoots like an inch away from his head, and he just like very silently and scared gets out of the car, which cracks me up. Um, I do want to give a shout out to the uh, T1000. Uh, the acting here is phenomenal because this dude not only has to chase a car, but he also has to on on cue pretend like he's getting shot in the chest with a shotgun and still chasing a car at the same time. Um, so he does a pretty good job, but yeah, they get out of there. Um, and, uh, while they're driving, uh, I believe, uh, Arnold straight says, I can see everything, which is a weird quote that I wrote down. And then he also asks John, what's wrong with your eyes as John is crying. Um, mm. oh, yeah. which is funny. Uh, but they decide to flee from, uh, from here and go to Mexico.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, so did, did you get the garage scene, Alessio? The garage scene? I do not think so. Uh, you did not. This was a director's cut <sighs> scene. They, so between, between here and between this scene and when they go to Mexico in the director's cut, um, they escape to this like garage. Oh, no, no, no. Prepare. I did get
1: that. Yeah. Where they heal each other.
0: Yeah. Where they like prepare. And then, um, the Arnold reveals that he's got this, uh, switch on his CPU, that if it's turned on, he will be able to, uh, learn and gather information like a human does so he can, he can like blend in better. And it's switched off, uh, uh, at the moment, but he has to kind of like shut down for a little bit, um, because you have to take out his whole CPU to turn it on. So Sarah and John agree to do this and, um, uh, John, they take it out and then John goes to turn it on and then Sarah is about to destroy the CPU and John's like hey no and like uh, essentially yells at her is just like listen I'm supposed to be this leader right and you're trying to teach me how to be a leader maybe you should follow my lead sometimes and Sarah lets like just begrudgingly lets him turn the switch on and he uh, turns back on and he's like I, he's like I detected that I was offline for X for however many minutes did something happen and they're like oh no it's fine <laughs> funny uh watching this scene
1: i don't know if this was in the theatrical cut so uh isaac's got it pulled up um i remember them healing each other so what it was was like arnold uh helping stitch up sarah and then sarah pulling the uh bullets out of arnold but i do not remember any of this cpu stuff
0: oh yeah Um, so the c so i think the garage might have been in the the theatrical cut, but the CPU thing was probably in the Mm -hmm. director's cut. Yeah. yeah. Which, but, but
2: question. So like, if she's taking the bullets out of his back, but in her mind is going to destroy him, why does she pull the bullets out?
0: Well, I don't think she, I I don't think until, until he told them about the CPU, I don't think he realized that she she was going to be able to.
1: Yeah. So she was
0: just trying to like, 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 put on a brave face for the moment until she could find a way to dispose of him, And then an opportunity presented itself. And John was like, no. Yeah. It's yeah, which like, which like, which like being fair. We've been talking about how, how kind of a shit kid John is, but like, that was actually kind of a cool moment for him. Yeah. So they saved the little Kit Kat bar. Um, they put it back <laughs> in
1: Arnold's brain. <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so, um, yeah, I apologize. My note said they heal at a gas station and steal a station wagon. And then they head to Mexico
0: <laughs> and then they go to Mexico.
1: Um, But yeah, so um, they do the damn thing. And uh, essentially, um, whenever they go down there, we are uh, kind of given this verbal breakdown while they're driving about uh, Miles Bernard Dyson. Um, Mm -hmm. And he is the one that Arnold says is the most responsible for the Cyberdyne acceleration. Um, And he goes over the whole timeline that uh, eventually leads them to Judgment Day. And so Sarah, with this new information, is sort of given a new lease on life, and and she kind of knows what her mission is now. She doesn't really – I don't know. I was kind of confused. It felt like Sarah didn't tell Arnold or John what her plan was. Um, They meet up with these um, guys, so Enrique and co. Um, So it's like Enrique and a a bunch of uh, other sort of like freedom fighters out living in the middle of nowhere, which is clearly like this is not Mexico. This just like looks like the Mojave if I'm going to be honest. Like, they probably shot this shit in Nevada or something. Probably. Um, Mm -hmm. But effectively, like, there's this whole sequence where, like, uh, Arnold and John are bonding, and Arnold, like, uses super strength to, like, open up, like, uh, an ammo cache in the ground, and John makes a funny joke about, like, my mom's always prepared. And it's just, like, filled with guns. And so we essentially get this, like, Arnold training John friendship montage after, like, a really bad high-five situation. Um, And uh, after some existential, like, two kids fighting with guns and John being like, we're not going to make it as a race, are we? Um, We get this moment where, like, Arnold and John are kind of becoming closer. But Sarah's kind of brooding. And so she's, like, carving onto tables and having, like nightmare visions of the future and all this Mm -hmm. shit and then she kind of gets suited up and takes off and john and arnold are like where the fuck is she going and enrique's like hey we're gonna meet with up meet up with her tomorrow uh don't go after her right now and then uh john's like i know where she's going she's going after that fucking miles guy and arnold's like i know where he's at let's go and so there's this race to that to that guy's house
0: yeah, and that vision she has is fucking brutal. Oh yeah, so
1: let's talk about. So there was the uh, prosthetic Arnold on the, on the last uh, on the last film, In this one we get a prosthetic mm-hmm. Sarah Connor that is lit on fire. Mm-hmm. It's pretty nuts.
0: Like she's like she has this vision where she's like out, outside this fence um, by a playground, all these kids are playing around, and I think she sees is it like what's the implication here is that she sees like her and John or just all these kids in general yeah yeah so yeah exactly so she see it's weird to see
1: her as her past self but all bulked up you can totally tell she's like gaunt and muscly under her diner Mm -hmm. outfit even when she's like seeing herself because they clearly didn't like film one sequence and then film the rest of the movie um so it's weird to see this like kind of situation um it looks like in the director's cut there's some extra shit with miles and his family um, mm. I didn't get any of this. Like whenever I got to miles in my film, it was nighttime. Oh really? Yeah. So miles and his wife, like
0: licking each other and shit. <laughs> I, I have oh yeah. Reference yeah she's just like, she's just like, what are you doing? Stop working. And he's just yeah, like, it's the sorry. Weekend. And then she's, then she's like, gives him it's the weekend. And she's like, gives him a blowjob or something. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. It's a little, it's a little nuts.
1: Um, but yeah, so for the remainder of the film, essentially, uh, what happens is Sarah goes to kill, uh, Dyson, uh, the boys uh, go to intervene. And from here until the rest of the film is sort of like all one big chain of events. It yeah, kind of spirals into like big set piece after big set piece after big set piece. Um, I'm sorry. I have a Shiba Inu licking my hand right now. Um, and it's not Jerry. It's Frank. <laughs> oh, Frank. Frank that. Fra- Frank Yeager. The Shiba. Frank Yeager. <laughs> Um But yeah, so... Effectively, uh, Miles is programming his ass off using some old school computers, one of which has a piece of tape on top that says, Bit Happens. I don't know if you guys noticed that.
0: <laughs> I did it, I like that.
1: Um, and Sarah decides that she's going to take an M16 with a silencer and try to snipe him from, like, Bad idea. like, I'm just like, I don't, you had all kinds of shit at your, like, Mexico home base. Why didn't you just bring, like, a sniper rifle or some explosives and just, like, make it happen? <laughs> Anyway, so she misses a bunch. Uh, Dyson's kid is playing with a uh, remote control car, and the kid's like turning the corner, and you're like, oh no, she's about to kill this kid. And the kid stays back, the wife stays back, and eventually Sarah gets fed up, leaves her expensive gun, and just pulls a pistol out and rushes for the house. Um, Mm -hmm. She's about to blow Dyson's head off. He's been hit in the shoulder, so he's kind of like super sweaty. This actor, by the way, does a really good job of being shot and reacting to being shot. Because yeah, that's arguably be like, his whole uh, role. <laughs> yeah, his whole
0: role in this movie is to get
1: shot a lot. <laughs> yeah, get shot, sweat, and pant like those three
0: yeah, things. Which I mean, I mean, if I don't know, I don't, I forget who the what the actor's name is, but like, if you need somebody to do those things, he got him. Yeah, exactly.
1: Uh, but yeah, so Sarah comes in. She's about to do, perform the kill. She looks at the family and how frazzled everybody is. Doesn't pull the trigger in comes john mm-hmm. and arnold and they're like whoa what the fuck john kind of uh does step up in a way
0: and he's like hey yeah he does like this cool thing he's like tries to get the kid away from the car, and He's like hey can you show me your, what's your name and asks the kid's name and it's like hey hey show me your room i bet it's pretty cool and like takes him away from like all of the violence yeah. so that arnold and, and then Sarah hand, can explain what's going hands on hands
1: arnold a knife and does some gross shit um, yeah, He rips his hand off. yeah Arnold cuts his arm like a fillet of fish and then just skins <laughs> himself um, showing miles the that he has the hand in his body that is the hand that yeah. cyberdyne has yeah. in the safe and so miles freaks the fuck out um, and we get like a moment that's of, probably a more subtle way to do it oh, yeah. be with you. We get like but, a, we get like a moment of voiceover again from Sarah um here after this which is kind of weird um where you hear the voiceover say like given everything that we uh given everything that we told him I felt like he took it all right i guess in reference to to miles mm. um and mm. as soon as the voiceover stops you just hear miles say i'm going to throw up <laughs> yeah uh, I love that which is really funny but it's weird that there's just randomly vo again like an hour and a half well into I think the movie. I
0: think it's probably a, it's probably a it was probably their way of like skipping the exposition of explaining oh, the whole for sure. plot of the first movie For sure and we do get the it vo just, three
1: yeah. times because we get it again towards the end of the film but in my opinion yeah. it's, like, so it it's like, like it feels, like, feels kind of like why didn't we get a little bit more before this yeah. yeah
0: it was like a it was like a beginning a middle and an end vo yeah
1: uh, but Sarah is smoking inside because she's like, fuck it. I just shot your house up. I can smoke in here now, I guess. Yeah. Um, when me and James are watching for the second time, I was joking that as soon as Miles goes, I think I'm going to throw up. I was like, because you're smoking that fucking
0: cigarette in my house. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, I think that I think that. Um, yeah, I, I agree. I think if there would have it, it's it's a good way to to do that, like skip over exposition and just get right to the reaction. Mm-hmm. But I agree, it's kind of weird where they decided to put it. I think if there were more B.O.'s over the course of the movie, it would have been a little bit more natural. Yeah, I agree. Um,
1: but yeah, so effectively, um, she, uh, Sarah kind of explains to him how she's super fucking pissed off about all this stuff. Um, she kind of chastises him a little bit, being like, typical kind of like, oh, you guys are all about coulda, not about shoulda. And Miles is like, I'm sorry, I'm going to quit. She's like, that's not good enough. And he's like, well, I'll take you guys to the lab and we can blow we it up. Right? It all. And yeah. and they're like, okay. But in the in the um, description of what all they're doing, uh, Miles gets really excited again and almost has to like calm himself down. And so you can tell he's like kind of bummed out about it. Uh, but they go to the Cyberdyne building, complete with everybody all of a sudden wearing trench coats and carrying huge bags of weaponry. And there's a single security guard, and he's like, Miles, what do I have to tell you about showing your friends the lab? And then Arnold pulls out the gun and goes, I insist. <laughs> um, and so they like gag this poor security guard. Um, and he's in the bathroom and I love that his friend shows up and he's like, God damn it, didn't I tell you not to abandon the desk, Gibbons? And then he opens the bathroom door and just sees his dude like gagged up and like tied to a toilet and he's just like, Oh fuck <laughs> <laughs> Um But yeah, the crew goes down. There's a little bit of weird like, yeah, like they so they trip off the silent alarm and so the um the boxes that open all the different safes and everything because they need to get the second key to get to the
0: the arm and the chip. Um, all of a sudden, and all that shit stops his, working. His super hacking ability again. Oh to, yeah, uh, to to not break into an ATM, but break into the security of this very uh, important tech company. It's
1: like Google Safe, and John's like, I got yeah.
0: it. I also I also I put in my notes here how <laughs> this like a really advanced like technology company and like but the exterior shot is just like bland looking office building and i was just like i guess that's just what buildings looked like in the 90s yeah i find it funny too that it's the the two security guards when
1: they call the police they go it's the guy from the mall yeah (laughs) how do they know (laughs) they just do like an all
0: points bulletin for like all mall cops everywhere like
1: apb the the guy from the mall um But yeah, so it's super weird. So the mechanics of how the fuck these office doors work is strange to me because there's a sequence later on in the film where Arnold straight like they're like, oh, no, Sarah's trapped. Arnold just runs through the wall and grabs her and then runs back
0: through the wall, which is badass.
1: Why didn't he just fucking do that to begin with? Because they were like, oh, we can't get through this door. (laughs) And so they literally had to like hack the door, blow the door up with a grenade launcher. But Arnold the whole time could have just walked through the wall.
0: These are questions you don't have to ask because movies aren't real. Yeah, it's true. Um, there's some, <laughs> there's some more
1: uh, director's scene, uh, director's cut stuff uh, where uh, everybody's just thrashing the office, and then Miles takes like an axe to his little net processor, uh, mm-hmm. neural net processor. Um, it's like ten seconds of like deleted scenes. I feel like yeah, he, he should have
2: enough. a little bit more regret to doing it. Mm-hmm. He just.
1: He's like, hey, let me get that axe! <laughs> Hell yeah!
0: It almost is like he's he, he he's clearly bummed out about it initially, but it almost feels like like it's a relief, like for he's him over as
3: well. it. Yeah, yeah, like it's, it's like a relief. Like, this
0: has been so much, and I'm done with it. And it, it just felt kind of like that.
1: Yeah, totally, I get that. Um, but yeah, so anyway, all of the cops, like literally all of them, show up, um, and uh. I think that is a line later on, right? They're like, "How many cops?" and then somebody's like, "All of them." Yeah. Um, I think so. But yeah, so the T one thousand goes uh to uh, Miles's house, finds all the burning paperwork, and then he, he he hears the APB. Here's the thing that also doesn't make any sense to me. If the T one made by Cyberdyne, when he hears the APB go out that somebody was blowing up Cyberdyne, he doesn't flinch. Yeah. But the moment he hears Sarah Connor, he's like, "I gotta go." Hey man, mm-hmm. and it's like, dude, like <laughs> yeah, they're, like, you they're killing you your mom. Like maybe go help your mom. You know what I mean? Like Cyberdyne's his, his robo mom. Like help it out. Yeah. Anyway, so uh, we cut back. Uh, they're rigging explosives all over the building. Uh, then the police show up and uh, fuck up Miles, to put it one way. Um, They just blow his ass away. But that's bef- that's after Arnold Uh, – they're like, it's the guy from the mall. And then Arnold just like opens with a fucking minigun. <laughs> Where's the minigun uh, come from? I guess I think he 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 found it in the Mexico uh, stash. Um, But yeah, Arnold just like fucking rains hell from above, destroying every single cop car, shooting at the helicopter and everything, um, and then starts shooting grenades and shit. And it's like, I don't know, man. I think in real life you would probably accidentally kill somebody. If you're just, like, willy-nilly shooting grenades at cars. But he's the Terminator. Yeah, and then he scans the wreckage, and he's, like, terminated, zero. And he's, like, okay, cool. <laughs> he's, like, they'll live, and then walks <laughs> Um... But anyway, so then the cops show up. They wreck shop on Miles. Poor Miles gets blown away uh, pretty badly. He then does his best sweaty, I've been shot, <laughs> in the corner. Um, keep in mind, this is after they pull the arm and the chip out of the out of the vault um, and just crudely stuff them in John's backpack. Um, effectively, Sarah gets stuck out in the middle of the whole police rigmarole. Um, this is when Arnold breaks through the wall, saves her, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: fucking love it by the way just- oh yeah
1: super great and then they all go to leave together and this part's really cool too where they shoot this like nerve gas tear gas shit into the hall um and arnold uh makes sure that sarah and john have like a gas mask and then he just walks out and just fucking shoots every single cop in the entire zip code in the kneecaps <laughs> every one of them it's amazing it's amazing um, and then he picks up their little smoke bomb, and then he just starts, like, breaking people's backs with smoke grenades <laughs> yeah. and just, like, hitting people in the head. And even one dude's got a gas mask on, and Arnold just, like, lifts it off of his face until the <laughs> dude, like, suffocates. And, like, again, I guess Arnold's like,
2: Here I live. hey,
1: I didn't kill him, but, like, if the nerve gas kills him, it'll be, like, down the road, so I'm in the clear. Yeah. Um, yeah. We cut back to Miles or whatever, and he's, he's doing his best breathing, and he's like, I don't know how long I can hold this, and he's just, like freaking out trying to hold a, a a thing over the top of the detonator um he, it's implied that he dies um we, actually we see the life exit his eyes um and then he triggers <laughs> the detonator and just blows up a fuck ton of cyberdyne um mm. which i don't understand why they didn't put that top secret lab underground i don't know why it was like on the second floor it was the 90s
0: man <laughs> Yeah, it was a different time. <laughs> that's
1: true. Uh, T-1000 shows up on his motorcycle but cannot be bothered to walk through the building, so he just rides his motorcycle up the stairs mm-hmm. and through the building, which I thought was really goofy. <laughs> um, and then after Arnold smokes everybody out, they uh, get in the uh, van, um, which Arnold finds the keys for in the visor, which cracks me up. And uh, But he
2: learned that from John oh, in that's Mexico. True. That's true.
1: Oh, with the station wagon.
2: It's the station wagon. Because uh um the term what's his name?
1: Arnold <laughs> Arnold <Does he> have- <laughs> <laughs> The Cyberdyne system? The C Cyberdyne. the CMS the T the 101 T 800
2: 101. Um anyway, he's hot wiring the sta- station wagon and John just pulls down the visor and pop the uh, the keys pop out.
1: Uh, let it be known that the original CMS one hundred and one did not have to hotwire shit. He just Yikes. turned the entire ignition column. Mm-hmm. Yeah, anyway, what's up with this one? But yeah, so they steal the van. Well, uh, so
0: so so one. The thing that we're kind of skipping over is John teaching. Um, Arnold, uh, like, all these, like, human phrases. phrases, Well, I feel like like I'm
1: kind of... Oh, I forgot about that entire sequence. The the cringiest, like... Here, So, hold on. Here's what I would have loved. So, John Connor is doing his whole little, like, hey, man, you don't see shit, like, terminated. You say, like we banged it up, bro. Just like dumb shit <laughs> yeah. like that. I re- I would have loved it if that would have just kept going throughout the whole film. Like every time you cut <laughs> yeah. back to Johnny's like, and we don't say he fucking killed the kid. We say he scrubbed the pup. Just like really dumb
0: shit. Like it would have been so like, funny. Yeah.
1: <laughs> uh, super funny. Super funny. So- super
0: funny. <laughs> so the reason, so the reason why I, I bring that up is because, like, w- did this happen later or did this happen? It happened now, where he, where he hot wires the car and John's like, man, you just gotta look in the in the behind the in the visor and the key'll be up there. And then Arnold thinks about hot wiring a car later, and then opens the visor and the key's up there because he learned from John. Yeah,
1: it's the police van. Um, the pl- okay. And, and right before Arnold drives the police van back through the building a la terminator one right before he did that right before he left the elevator with john his he goes i'll be back oh man um so but yeah john also did teach him the hasta la vista baby um or whatever the fuck um so yeah anyway they load up in the van they get out of there uh terminator t-1000's like i'm just gonna launch myself with a motorcycle at this helicopter and then headbutt my way through the helicopter and then throw this man out of a helicopter
2: oh yeah he says he gets in the helicopter and goes to turns to the guy
1: and says get out
2: while they're in the air <laughs> and, the guy and the guy just, guy just does he's like all right bye
1: um, and so then becomes helicopter V uh, SWAT van um, and every single LAPD officer is probably going to continue to want to kill Arnold Schwarzenegger for the rest <laughs> of the history of time
0: yeah um, like he didn't solve his problem at all oh, he just yeah. made it worse. oh yeah
1: um, Sarah just smothers John with a Kevlar vest um, and then begins to stuff, uh, like, uh, uh, Kevlar into all of the windows for the van. She's opening fire with this, like, M16-looking gun while the T-1000 is just, like, popping off this little MP5 from the helicopter. Some really cool stunt work on this sequence, though, because the was helicopter is, like, going thing. under bridges and everything. It's super neat. Um, that being said, I feel like there would be lampposts in the middle of the median, so it's interesting that the blades don't hit any telephone poles whenever they get close to the center Cement divider, which cracks me up. But um, now I'm just being a a douchebag. Now that I know that people are nitpicky, I'm just going to pick those nits. Um, But, yeah, so, no, this is actually a really cool sequence. I think, honestly, I think from the moment they enter the Cyberdyne building, actually from the moment they open fire on Miles till the end of the movie, it's pretty much, like, nonstop, like, go, 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 go. Um, And it's a lot of fun. A lot of big explosions. Uh, The helicopter just explodes on the interstate. Um, The van gets shot out. Um, as well like I think the tire pops and then Arnold flips it and then this poor semi-truck driver again with the semi-truck drivers the semi-truck driver and this pickup truck driver come to check on the, the wrecks uh, semi-truck driver gets super impaled instantly by the T-1000 and then this little like Gogol Bordello looking <laughs> fucking <laughs> ratty ass pickup oh my- truck is what they get whenever Arnold shows up and so it's like little shitty pickup versus semi-truck from hell Uh, That's clearly multiple shots, say, liquid nitrogen all over the Mm -hmm. semi. Um, Yeah, and so they just begin this process of, like, Arnold's putting along. um, And he's like, this is this vehicle's top speed. Um, And the semi is just, like, on their ass the whole time. Um, This is a pretty cool sequence. Arnold just keeps, like, sliding into the back of the pickup. And then... um, shooting grenades off and stuff i like there's a bumper sticker on the back of the truck that says praise the lord um oh isaac was that the line as well uh so the the pickup truck guy looks at the semi (laughs) coming right for him and he goes what the hell like just (laughs) in the exact same everything as the dump truck guy
0: oh my god is that yeah we just saw (laughs) it it was great (laughs) there's some good callbacks (laughs) Oh, man, I I'd argue the best call. Oh, yeah. <laughs> what the hell? Um uh,
1: but yeah they're about to get smushed between the the median and the semi and then Arnold just keeps jumping into the into the bed of the pickup to pop off some grenades and stuff at the semi. Uh, as they get closer to the again just like 24/7 Mysterious Night Factory that's very similar to oh, yeah. the, the the first film. <laughs> the lava factory like,
0: not even yeah like it's this one's even even crazier than the first one <laughs> yeah it's one. not the first one's it's like we fucking... got big
1: cogs and they turn all night yeah, this one's this like, one we...
0: like we got fucking lava everywhere <laughs> yeah we're a
1: lava company um, but then arnold does the dopest shit he does in the whole movie which is walk right up to the driver's window fucking blast like 50 shots into the t1000's face and then he fucking alligator wrestles a speeding semi to the (laughs) ground and then just like walks away from it casually. Like it's the best thing I've ever seen. Like it's so good. He just like gets up. He's like, we're good. It's beautiful. Like every bit of it for like the choreography from the moment that Arnold just grabs the M16. He's like, I'll take care of this. I like like, that. Wrestling the truck down. It's so good. Just
2: like that. um, Imagery. Alligator wrestles. The semi semi to the ground. It's so
1: good. (laughs) um yeah it's great he does it with lethal precision in that moment i believed that he was in fact the terminator yes um and then we get this cool thing where c1000 gets sprayed with uh uh, liquid liquid nitrogen nitrogen and uh, becomes a Iceman, and then his whole body starts to fall apart and i thought this was pretty cool
2: and we all thought this was the end yeah
1: again much like the first film we think it's over and then instead of from the fire emerged the demon this is from the ice emerged Um, what does he say when he shoots him (laughs) (laughs) but yeah so we get we get a shattering scene I'm a little bummed out that like I feel like if you take a supercomputer made out of liquid metal and shatter it into a thousand little pieces like it shouldn't just heat back up and be fine again right like where where does in theory no like where does the where does the computer component here because this is just an alien I think like where does the computer- where does the computer part come Because <laughs> yeah, this is just literally just like a fucking like shape shifting alien, man. Yeah. They should have well, just been like Cyberdyne that. Cyberdyne uh captured a, a species of aliens <laughs> and sent them back to kill Sarah when the robot didn't work. Um But yeah, so anyway, Arnold shoots him in the head with a with a grenade launcher. Uh or tries to, I think. Oh yeah, it's at the end that he does it. Um so this whole thing is literally just uh Arnold uh a chasing uh yeah what the fuck is his name uh Benny Hill Arnold's just getting like Benny Hilled <laughs> by the T-1000 <laughs> um and so it's just a sequence of like everybody fighting in this uh in this uh facility I'm sorry I was very concerned by the fact that the T-1000 touched the metal railing and then copied the color of the metal railing and looked very confused what's that supposed to be about
2: I think he's glitching yeah. So he hasn't done this
0: he's like, before, but he's after. like extreme, extreme cold, extreme heat, yeah. like he's having trouble. Gotcha, yeah. gotcha. I never noticed that before. Which
2: will come up at the end of
1: the film. You mean whenever he becomes <laughs> all the different people?
2: No. When he becomes Sarah Connor.
1: Oh, that's correct. Um, mm-hmm. That is a cool moment. Um, I do like whenever he's uh, jumping ahead a little bit, whenever the T-1000 falls into the lava and like hardcore melts, uh, I, I love that he... It's almost like cycling through people trying All to figure out, which one can swim in lava? <laughs> which one of these can swim in lava? Um, but yeah, and I love the, uh, so Arnold and the T-1000 get into a fight scene. I fucking love the completely and utter uh, uh, goofy, like, we've got the money to do it, let's just do it, where Arnold throws the T-1000 at a wall, and they just have him morph instead of turn around. <laughs> do you know what I'm talking about, yeah. Sam? yeah it's just like all of a sudden his face is like in the back of his head it's so goofy <laughs> it's like i'm over here no i'm over here look back at your man <laughs> um, arnold's hand gets stuck in this gear and i feel like at least not in the regular theatrical cut that i watched his hand never gets retrieved so no. does that just uh, no, jump start I'm cyberdyne kidding. again
0: uh-huh. i mean maybe you bastards I don't know. Um, maybe, maybe that's their ticket in. Yeah. Maybe.
1: So we do this climactic chase. You guys already kind of mentioned it. T-1000 becomes Sarah Connor at one point mm-hmm. after pinning Arnold, impaling him through the chest. And then Arnold, through the power of friendship, wakes up. And uh, <laughs> he, uh, yeah, they do a thing. Sarah, uh, badass, one-armed cocks a shotgun and almost shoots the T-1000 off into the lava but does not succeed. And then in comes Arnold on his little Ferris wheel with the dramatic fog <laughs> and the music and he goes no i've got these and then he fucking pops it off i can't remember what, what's the line that he says before the dude falls uh oh i know at the very um, end he does say one of me and isaac's favorite lines where he goes i need a vacation <laughs> 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 um, but yeah so the one oh. thousand just gets fucking toast um and then uh we get the iconic sequence where they're having to throw all the different computer component parts into the lava to make sure nobody gets it. And uh Arnold says, I can't terminate myself, you're gonna have to lower me in, and much like a boy sad. having to kill his dog, we're very sad about John and
0: no, Terminator. No, doesn't he say doesn't he say he says when when T one thousand falls in the lava, I think um John asks if it's dead and he goes, Terminate. No, yeah, yeah,
1: yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so John, uh, John or Sarah have to lower Arnold into the molten lava. Uh, and as he is lowering and dying, he shoots up a thumbs up in one of the greatest images of cinema.
2: You know, I, so this is the first time watching this, um, movie and I had no idea where that scene came from until it, until I watched it.
1: Yep. To Arnold. He's shooting the thumbs up. Yeah.
2: Because it's been copied. Um, and parodied thousands of times, you know,
1: literally thousands,
2: literally thousands. <laughs> anyway, uh, but John starts crying again, and um, Arnold goes, "I know why you cry now," or something like that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs>
1: he's like, "Now I know why you cry." Now I know why.
2: And you it really you
0: ties cry. back into. Oh, there was uh, maybe this was there was one other voiceover earlier when they were in Mexico, when when. John, when John was teaching the Terminator stuff, and Sarah was watching them, and she just had this like, she had this like, the, I had this realization that oh, that's right, um, it was during the high fives. The Terminator would it would never stop, it would never, it would never leave him or hurt him. Yeah, and it, like it was like his perfect dad essentially. Yeah, she was like, Ar- My Arnold's dad. the perfect dad." <laughs> yeah. Um, which which that that like now I know why you cry. Right? Yeah. <laughs> You cried. <laughs> you <laughs> cried. <laughs> uh, but then the film
1: sort of ends on this sort of like we saved the universe thing. Like it, it's kind of like, yay, we did yeah. it. Um, I'm trying to think if there's any other. Am I missing anything with the ending? I'm pretty sure it's just them like holding each other, and then we see the the street, and then they're like, the future sure is unknown. Future's so bright, I gotta wear shades. <laughs> and then it just like cuts to credits. <laughs>
0: I'm pretty sure that's that. I think that's it. it. Okay, cool. <laughs> do 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 do. Um.
1: Doo-doo, 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 doo-doo. Yeah. So with the <laughs> with a <the> little bit <laughs> of, <laughs> of recording time that we have left, let's uh let's talk about the film. Uh, and primarily just like comparison stuff. Like, what do you, what are you guys' thoughts? First film, second film. Not necessarily review thoughts, but like, I guess, kind of the difference in.
0: Before, before, can I read? Can I read the the last quote of the the movie? The thing that Sarah says at the beginning oh, end. Yeah. Right oh yeah, correct. Before. please tell me she says at the future. "Right, I have to wear The unknown future rolls toward us. I face it for the first time with a sense of hope because if a machine, a Terminator, can learn the value of human life, maybe we can too. Oh. <laughs> <Da-da-da-da-da. laughs>
1: and these films end on such a positive note. Yeah, it was the nineties. I just realized that the tagline on the film poster is "It's nothing personal." I don't, I don't understand <laughs> what the fuck that has to do with anything. Um, but, yeah, no, I I enjoy this.
2: It was a good movie.
1: Um, it's a very different I film. J. I uh, Yeah, I dig it. I think in a lot of ways, I mean, again, uh, compared to MGS2, MGS1, I think there is a, a lot of similarity, which is like MGS2 compared to MGS1 is fucking above and beyond a much more technically impressive game. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. and I think in a lot of ways it was sort of like a big, bad, like, boom, check it out. This is crazy, and yeah, they did the whole sort of, like, bait-and-switch kind of thing, and, and Kojima uh, would use this film as a prime example to present to the higher-ups at Konami that, like, look, in order to build this game to be to appeal more towards a Western audience, which is what they actually were trying to do, Hmm. Um, even though there is the whole like they engineered Raiden to please a female Japanese gaming audience, which is like totally, <laughs> totally BS in my opinion. Yeah, like, uh, it was like a big old fuck up Yeah, Kojima piece, just like... makes shit up in those interviews. Like it, we'll, we'll talk about it when we go in, get into like the Kojima Code, the book, because there's like a lot of material specifically about that era of development and like Have you read shit it? that Kojima. Yeah, so I finished Damn. reading it like last month or two months ago
2: isn't it like 400 pages
1: yeah but i mean that's pretty easy pretty light, it's pretty reading. light reading um so i'd read it before bed but yeah there's a whole <laughs> chapter dedicated to like kojima's interview uh answers huh. while working on mgs2 and like how they contradicted each other constantly um but this was like he used this as like a if we're gonna make a big budget western appeal game we should learn from the masters right which is why he approached like harry Gregson williams for the music um and which is also why they totally took uh pages out of western films so like mm. when snake jumps off the bridge onto the boat it's totally the electrical storm and like the orb of of uh invisible energy whenever his in- a stealth camo breaks the same uh, that it is whenever they warp in from the future yeah yeah. Um and not only that, but even like the way it's shot, the way that they teased, like who's good, who's bad, who are you gonna play as? We don't know, blah, blah, blah. Um, or shrouded it in mystery, I guess, until mm. until release day. Um very similar. It's cool. It's it's interesting.
2: Did it not um at all get revealed before the game came out
1: it did not the writing thing was completely a, a day one that's thing. crazy mm-hmm. and what's Just nuts like is out of out of left field one and and even a ton of game reviewers say that because they got to play it like five six seven days before right yeah it released they even though people have kind of walked it back and like now it's sort of uh fashionable to, like, shit on MGS2, I guess. Like, a lot of people, like, like, specifically the one that gets cited in the book is, like, the GameSpot reviewer was, like, yeah, you know, I actually did want to kind of, I kind of wanted to say something uh, and, like, let people know, like, what was going to happen. But at the same time, like, it kind of felt like this was intended, so maybe we should kind of let it it play out. But, like, personally, I thought it was an awful idea and that they shouldn't have done it or something. It's very weird. But there are a lot of people that, like, kind of in retrospect after the fact are, like, Oh no, I wanted to say something. And it's like, well okay. Like I guess they were <laughs> sure. worried about breaking street date or whatever. Cool. Yeah. But yeah. yeah, but um it's interesting, yeah, nobody fucking knew until release day actually happened.
2: Because I'm thinking like all these like TGS even or oh, yeah, all these yeah. um,
1: the way the E3. press cycle is now, it's yeah, very different.
2: That's crazy to think.
1: I don't about. know, yeah,
0: I don't know if that I don't know if that's something that you can you could keep secret this these days. Yeah. But then again, we still have no fucking idea what Death Stranding's about, so <laughs> it's true. I guess He's doing if you another Neo one. Kojima you could do it. Yeah, I can't. Wait. What if Raiden's the main character? of Death Stranding? <laughs> I can't
1: wait uh, when Death Stranding comes out. It's actually, if you look at the reversible box art, it just says Silent Hills, and we're all like, "What?" <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's pretty nuts, um, and it would have been even crazier, considering that at one point in time they almost wanted the tanker section to only exist on the demo disc that shipped with Zone of the oh, Enders, wow. so that whenever oh, you wow. uh, bought MGS two, you only got the plant. Was like almost a thing huh. that happened,
0: um, which is crazy. That I think people cool. would have yeah, fucking been, rioted. Yeah. <laughs> oh yeah, they would. That would have been buckwild. But
1: anyway, yeah, that's great. I was Terminator Two. Um, I really enjoyed it. I have not seen this film since I was a child, so it was mm-hmm. nice to go back and revisit it. The T One Thousand is still as creepy as ever. Do you guys feel like the effects hold up?
0: Um, I think the, I think the effects hold up better than T One's effects do. Yeah, I agree.
2: Yeah, I think they. They're better than 90s graphics if you uh, if that makes sense. I mean um, yeah. cuz it was wait, what? They're not 90- necessarily timeless
1: 91. They're 91. not they're not necessarily timeless. Right. But I do think that um but if you if you think of like
2: 90s graphics, you think of yeah. like these awful um
1: You mean reboot? <laughs> I hate that show. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> I hate reboot. <laughs> okay. I'm saying it again. I hate reboot. Come Boom. after me.
0: Don't you think that didn't you know did you know they're rebooting reboot?
1: So that's been our episode. I think that's a joke. Netflix it's coming to Netflix. No, I know. That's so stupid. Hopefully it doesn't look like shit. Um yeah. but yeah. So uh yeah, I do I agree with Isaac. It definitely doesn't it's not like bad T V show graphics yeah. or anything. Um some of the effects in Lost don't even really hold up, and that show's only, like, what, eight years old, nine years True. old or something? Um, yeah. And then this movie holds up better, so I guess that's what happens when you throw a shit ton of money at something. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah. Well, here's what I'll say about this movie and the, and the first movie is that watching both of them now in our current time of 2018, they're both they, they both hold up very well. Oh, yeah. They're great. Yeah. I'm excited. I, to. I, I, li- I like this one. This one's such a fun movie. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Where the first film, I think, is like all kind of like, whoa, crazy. Uh, the second movie mm-hmm. is very much so. It's almost and I, I wrote this in my notes. It's almost like Metal Gear sense of humor where it's like semi-serious yeah. kind of tongue in cheek goofiness with like some really weird shit in it. Yeah.
0: Mm hmm. Um,
1: I don't think this it's... I don't think the film goes as weird as Metal Gear, but mm-hmm. there are some weird moments.
0: It's very much um, also. I feel like it's less of a sequel. Like we've we discussed this earlier, but it, it's it's less of a sequel, more of. It feels like a reboot, a little a, bit. A reimagining, yeah, yeah, like a reimagining. It's yeah.
1: like a two point It's like a, it's like a patch, yeah. like a big patch. This <laughs> is
0: <laughs> this is the this is the, uh, this is the No Man's Sky update for Terminator. I was surprised they didn't
1: call it Terminator Two Point Hmm would have made too much sense too much sense t2 t fury I uh, don't fuck it um cool but yeah so uh, i'm really excited to do a similar treatment with escape from new york escape from la um if you hear a tinge of exhaustion in our voices it's because i've been driving for 10 hours today and i have a flight to catch early in the morning so hopefully our sleepiness did not detract from the episode Uh, we didn't have our peppy reichmuth on 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 yeah hype man Reichmuth. (laughs) yeah hype man Reichmuth. um but yeah um apparently the television did not realize this 2008 television series terminator the sarah connor chronicles is a direct follow-up to t2 with several episodes making direct reference to events and with several characters from the film such as dyson's widow and dr silberman making
0: appearances
1: Producers of the film have stated in several venues that the series intentionally ignores the events of T3. <laughs> Yikes.
0: <laughs> they, uh, I mean, I would, too. Yeah. Is it they that never, bad? Like, they, that, that is the one thing. Like, this guy, like, they're just like, okay, honey, be careful on this mission. And then they then they never check back in with the widowed son, with the widowed wife and, and orphaned son. Mm-hmm. Which is kind of crazy, but. Yeah, it's true.
1: Oh shit! So apparently, the scroll up real quick, Isaac. And sorry that we're just like straight up looking at this fandom thing. Um, the uh, scenes that from the the theatrical version and the special edition are very different. So the at the end, what you just read uh, is way different. I don't know which version. This comes from. It says alternate ending showing a brighter future and aged Sarah Connor reflecting about Judgment Day never happened. John Connor fights in a different way now as a senator. What? That was like in a special edition DVD. Very weird. Senator. Very weird. Wow. Anyway. I really wish that they would have, instead of showing John Connor saying he fights as a senator, I wish they would have shown the Terminator. And they're like, "We brought him back. Now he fights as a governor." <laughs> <That's-
3: Yeah. laughs>
0: I shared. I shared the theory that, um, the theory that we came up with last episode with a with a coworker that um, Kindergarten Cop is an alternate universe where <laughs> uh, Terminator was successful in the first movie. Oh yeah, and they were just like, hmm, that's a thing." Uh, that's a thought the
1: number one goof on uh, IMDB is when the Terminator uses the M79 Thumper grenade launcher to blast open a door at Cyberdyne he's only standing about 10 feet away from the door and it explodes magnificently this is impossible as the 40 millimeter high explosive rounds fired from this weapon do not arm themselves until they have traveled 30 meters or 90 feet oh dang so in reality the round would have simply dented the door or punched a 40 millimeter sized hole in it
0: (laughs) man fuck off with that that's amazing
1: um Anyway, so I don't want to be negative, Nancys, about this. Um, I think I do want to issue a little bit of a blanket apologies. Uh, I feel like due to some external drama and tension outside of the show uh, with work-related things and a bunch of a bunch of other stuff, just life, um, I think the last few episodes have skewed a little negatively, or at least we've appeared to be a little bit more oh, negative. We bit. Um, less n- playful negativity and more just kind of sour um so and james and i have talked about this and and i know i've talked about it with sam and Isaac as well i wasn't
0: feeling i wasn't feeling great when we recorded the last episode (laughs) oh yeah and not
1: even yeah and i wouldn't even pin it on any one of us um i think james and i have been a little uh snippy with the films like so for instance i loved the terminator like i loved it so much that like probably gonna watch it more frequently down the road um but I don't know if that made itself apparent on the last episode because my notes were very snippy.
0: <laughs> do you think it's maybe because you guys are filmmakers, so maybe you look at it with more critical eye than you maybe would a video game?
1: Possibly. I don't know. It feels a little weird to say that because I don't view myself as like having been the most successful filmmaker, so I feel like I don't really have room to talk. So I'm trying desperately to like not make it about that. But you can um, still be critical. But I, yeah, but I think the some of the critical nature probably does come from that. You're, mm. you're probably right. Um, yeah, whereas I think with video games, I just like stand in awe, and I'm like, this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. But they made a thing happen when I push a button on a controller. This is great. Um, <laughs> but yeah, um, I think I'm excited to see what happens next. So I've not seen either Escape movie. Um, Ever? Uh-uh. Me I've either. never seen any of them. Have you seen them? I've Isaac? seen the first one. Yeah, I've never seen any of them. I think... I don't think James has seen... No, James said he's seen both of them, I think. Or one of them. You're in for a treat.
0: Oh, yeah. man. We're the... We're the, uh, we're the newbies. We're the newbies going yeah. into these ones, sir.
1: <laughs> and who knows? There might be some super special secret surprises happening because it's some sort of spooky time soon. Hey, what? Yeah. Who knows? Um, Speaking of surprises, I do want to close the show out because we have been recording for a very long time, and as mentioned, uh, we need to hit the hay. Uh, But I do want to make mention that officially it has come to our attention that the first season minimum – uh personally i think the first two seasons could probably utilize this but the first season of the show is of a lesser production quality and sort of professionalism with the show structure and kind of uh maybe some of the aforementioned negativity uh, making it a little bit hard to start with or go back to um obviously as we are expanded to new platforms we very much so want to take advantage of new people discovering the show we don't want to upset people or turn people off within the first four episodes of the show Um, so what we have talked about internally doing and this will more than likely occur after the season concludes um, we are going to be re-recording we're going to be remastering uh the original episodes hd yeah so hd baby i'll bring the keyboard yeah so for anybody who uh maybe (laughs) jumped in you just know (laughs) Uh, for anybody who uh maybe jumped in uh during the mgs3 season or maybe somebody who started listening to mgs1 or mgs2 and they were like uh uh, i'm gonna jump ahead and see if the show gets better um we are going to be replacing the original files but also publishing them as the latest episodes in the feed uh, when we eventually roll around to that. And you guys will know when that's going to happen. But that being said, we are more than likely going to have to push off MGS5 a little bit longer. We apologize. But we do think that creating an optimal experience for new listeners is worth taking the time to do it right. Um, And so we are going to replay MGS1 and MGS2, and we're going to cover them... uh, we're not going to try to like copy what we said, but what we're going to do is we're going to cover them as far as what part of the games we cover in each episode. We're going to try and cover the same ground so that we don't accidentally retcon our episode numbers. Um, we will be keeping the listener rep- responses the same, but if we do get additional ones, we can also uh, read new ones and use it as like a, an edited addendum. Um, keep in mind, since a lot of our original jokes were birthed during that, Uh, part of the show's life Um, we will more than likely uh, be including some sort of montage of what happened in this episode originally um, or like a best of where before the show starts proper we might do like a 10 minute super clip Mm -hmm. version Uh, but just wanted to give you guys that transparency uh, because I feel like we do that with everything else and hopefully you guys appreciate it Um, let's do some plugs Sam what do you want to plug
0: oh god just my life (laughs) <laughs> with, with what feta just a little feta feta just 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 better stuff just just better stuff honestly um you can follow wow. <laughs> you can fo- you can follow me on twitter at sandal that's s-a-n-j-u-u-l i've started doing something kind of different with my twitter which is i'm still tweeting out funny stuff but i'm using it as a um i'm using it as a uh a platform to kind of be more open and transparent about my depression, my depression and my anxiety and stuff like that, and kind of making it an open space for people to discuss that. Um, I think um, it's important to talk about, and I think that uh, it could be helpful for somebody. So, if that seems, uh, if you'd like to kind of talk about that, but also still enjoy funny things, you can follow me on Twitter.
1: Very nice. Um, you can plug my holes with rum raisin flavored Kit Kats from Tokyo. Mm. Um, do they make those? Yeah. I'm holding a box for them in my hand that Isaac just happened to have, (laughs) um, it's empty, but anyway, they were good. Uh, Um, you can visit me at AC Summerfield on Twitter. Um, I, unlike Sam, who's being very thoughtful and, uh, charitable with his tweets. Um, I am forgetting I have a Twitter half the time. Um, and then when I do remember I'm over posting in one day and then forgetting again. Yeah. Um, yeah so uh but you you can use that or uh forever an astronaut at f r v r an astronaut on twitter um as well as um on instagram um i think James and I plugged the uh, crowdfunding for a film earlier um but the plans have changed, and we no longer need to do that so please oh. ignore when what episode that was uh <laughs> sorry about that Fancy. um yeah, sorry about that i let my let my My money clip show. Um, But, yeah, so that's where you can find me. Also, Facebook, PSN, everything is AC Summerfield. AC is an air conditioner. Summerfield is in Summerfield. Summerfields.
0: The other thing, too, about my Twitter is if you want to see me tweet um, sweet throwback Thursdays that make people who follow me on Twitter um, warm in their hearts about Alessio spending... Two and a half hours on the phone with me while I took a walk while I was having a tough time a couple nights ago. You can find that on my Twitter as well.
1: Thanks, Sam. I appreciated the, the shout out. You're
0: welcome, um, yeah. and Isaac. And Isaac, we, you, you, I presume presume you could follow Isaac.
1: Um, right,
2: of course you can follow me anywhere I am.
1: <laughs> um, how much would it cost on the Patreon tier if we? Um, if we wanted to give people two and a half hour phone calls to help them through hard days. Oh, nice. Individually. Oh my
2: God. $5. You guys, you guys, you
1: guys, you guys (laughs) laugh at that. And I'm totally bringing that up. Not as a joke to, to poke fun at anybody who's, who, who needs that. But, uh, there is 100% a Patreon for a YouTuber that I follow. We're at a specific tier. I think it's literally like 10 bucks a month. He will call you once a month which is just to crazy. check up on you just a just chat pretty cool no, that's so. pretty cool
0: we do have a we do have a tier where we'll do a video call with you yeah with, with fans yeah and i
1: think i do uh for anybody who saw the the patron post for that i think i might have messed up the tier amount that that was for um so just if you're already paying for that as a tier uh that's your amount is the amount that I was referencing so apologies if I flubbed that up um i think the tier in question um which you should totally consider donating to the show cuz we 100% just run off of uh listener support um but the uh video component that Sam mentions is for $10 and up so we have three patrons mm-hmm. at that level Um, everybody else, uh, gets early season access on special thanks at $5 a month. So dog bless. Um, but yeah, for as little as $2 a month, you get a whole new podcast to listen to as well as episodes early. Um, I will say due to traveling situation and James's, uh, situation and stuff like that. Um, you may not be getting episodes super early this month. Um, you'll probably just kind of get them a few days before release. I just want to apologize. That'll only be for the next two weeks. After that, we should be back on schedule. So. Mm. Cool. I think that's about it. Um,
0: Can I tell a joke? Oh, absolutely!
2: Knock knock. Okay. Who's Oh, <laughs> uh, you are telling a joke, Sam.
0: <laughs> <laughs> well, you—that's you started. You <laughs> I you, Oh man. I, okay, I'm gonna tell this joke. It's a longer joke, and then I'm gonna tell a second joke, and it's a short joke, okay. and you guys will like it. All right. So, a frog goes into in for a loan. And he hops up on the desk and, um, of a woman named Patricia Wack is her name. And she she, uh, she looks at him very strangely when he says that he wants to borrow $500,000. And Patricia says, well, that's, um, that's a lot of money. And the frog says, it's okay, my dad's Mick Jagger. And Patricia says to the frog, that's nice, but if you want to borrow that much, the mate needs some kind of collateral. So the frog takes a ceramic pig out of his uh, bag that he has with him and he sets it on Patricia's desk and says, I think this ought to take care of it. And Patricia goes, uh, let me check with my boss. And she takes the pig and goes back to her office, to the boss's office and explains what's going on. Um, and she says, she tells him the story up to this point and goes, and holds up the pig and goes, "What? and what even is this? And the boss looks at it and says, uh, well, it's a knick-knack, paddywhack. Give the frog a loan. His old man's a rolling stone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Wow. I really enjoyed hey, that. You want to hear my second joke? <laughs> yeah. Hey, knock, knock. Who's there? It's just a box.
2: It's just a box. Who?
1: <laughs> do, you, do you not have an answer? Did you Kojima us? Did you half write this fucking joke? <laughs> thanks Sam (laughs) you know what it is just a box